and hopefully the power won't go out. That would be good. What the fuck's going on down there? Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 441 of WTF I'm joined by Seth Buzzard. Hey. Hello. Why is the same hole in our body where we bring air in and out is also where we put food and liquids? You know, there's a couple things about the human body where I'm surprised our species actually has survived and become like the top of the food chain. Yeah, you know, things like that. The part where it's like, hey, if you get something sharp stuck in you, you just kind of... I hope you can fix that up. <laughs> All it takes is a big sharp stick through the center mass, and then that that human's done. Yeah. Yeah, can, can I address something real quick? Yeah. Okay, so I play Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes on my mobile phone device. Yeah. And if there's a player named Jar- Darth Jewel listening, join the guild or don't. All right? Like, every other day... <laughs> Someone named Darth Jewel joins the guild and then quits one minute later. Like, is there any gain in game from doing that? No. All right. It just puts messages on on the game when you open it up. It says, Darth Jewel joined the guild. Darth Jewel quit the guild. It's like, okay, okay. stay away then. I want to know Darth Jewel's story now. I don't know. They go. Who is this enigmatic character? Force choke themselves. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's our second podcast of 2017 and our first one was Seth. Seth, how was your new year? Uh, it was okay. We just, uh, well, I stayed up till midnight and then I woke the girlfriend up about five minutes before, um, because she decided to fall asleep instead. (laughs) So then it was my job to, to stay awake. Um, but you know, it was fine. Nothing really exciting. Yeah, just like one of those chill New Year's is. Yeah, I spent most of the night running back and forth trying to get ROMs to work on my uh, emulator machine. Mm. Yeah, um, it's been a, it's been a pretty chill year so far. You know, we're just over a week in, and nothing has gone, you know, catastrophically wrong quite yet. Oh, there was a shooting the other day. <laughs> All right, things have gone like vaguely wrong. So far. In an airport, <laughs> yeah, things have been going pretty bad. It's you know, let's let's all try to do better. Uh, hey Seth, not, not, hey. To, not to get us off topic immediately, but uh, did did you all see those the the Justice League lineup photo going around? Yeah, the Megatron crotch on Cyborg. Like that's almost the the thing about that photo that I hate is the fact that they're all just standing in a line looking really unheroic. How come man's looking a little heroic there? He looks like he's striking a pose. Everyone else just looks like they're staying there with their mouths hanging open like a bunch of dummies. I feel like that's just like the natural Jason. Is it Jason Momoa? Is that his name? Yeah. Yeah, it's like kind of his natural state is looking like that. So he's fortunate. But man, Gal Gal Gadot looks like she doesn't know a photo's being taken. And the the Flash just looks... he, He looks like he's not supposed to be there. He's like, oh, God. Hi, they put me in the movie. Hi, guys. I'm the Flash. Remember me? From he's the-, the only one that looks like he's reacting to anything. Yeah. Like, he's the only one that looks like he's in the midst of acting while <laughs> everyone else is just standing there. Yeah, that that's a, it's a real bummer of a, of a cast photo. Um, yeah, well, 
that Flash costume is also a real bummer. Yeah, it's with the silly <laughs> held together by bungee cords. <laughs> yeah, like. <laughs> The side-by-side side of that, like, after all the storm and bluster from the DC movie folks about how their movies are far better and far more mature and just far more serious products than silly DC TV, the side-by-side side of TV Flash and that Flash is hilarious. <sighs> hilarious. Anyway, uh, that thing was on my mind today, so I wanted to talk about it a bit. Um Speaking of movies, too, Seth, we're going we're gonna to do a weird movie roundup because our, all of our new picture picks, turns out, relate to the last night, Transformers 5. <gasps> Spoiler uh, earth. I, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Not really. <laughs> I mean, I don't... These barely have anything to do with the movie. <laughs> yeah, n- none of these have much of anything to do with the plot, the, unless the toys are astoundingly accurate this time. Uh, and, and one of the two toys in my new picture pick has nothing to do with the last night because it's of movie one Bumblebee. But I, I want to open up with this. Uh, the Hong Kong Toy and Games Fair, two new movie figures were debuted. Uh, one of them is a repaint of last of the last movie's leader Optimus, uh, but he's now called Shadow Spark Optimus Prime. And he's painted up all weathered from well, they call it his incredibly intricate space deco and purple eyes inspired by the movie. Nothing about the deco is really like saying like space to me so much as just weathered. Like he's got mud and stuff on him. I guess there's mud in space. Space mud. Yeah, he's got he's got space dirt all over him. Um I don't I don't think there's really that much to say about about that leader toy. Like he's going to retail this is approximately 70 bucks and like woe betide to anyone who feels like spending that much money on that toy in 2017. But the uh MPM3 Masterpiece Movie Series Bumblebee appears to be an entirely new figure for a Masterpiece-esque price point of, uh, I think it said 80? Yeah, about 80 bucks. Um, This figure interests me because I always liked the idea of a higher budget attempt at just a posable, transforming movie toy. Uh, The only thing I'm worried about on this guy, he looks like he does a whole lot of stuff really well, I'm really worried he doesn't have wrist swivels, and that would kind of really brutally wreck the whole part where he costs 80 bucks for me. But uh, I, I want to know how he works. I want to know, you know, what his stateside release is going to look like. Like The idea that they might actually do these $80 to, I guess, to $100 um, movie design figures just based on being good Transformers, uh, I find interesting. Maybe a little nostalgic, which is weird to say about the movies. But uh, it's got my interest. I don't expect it to like catch a lot of people's interest. Seth, does it does it catch your interest? Well, I think it looks like it's got a lot of potential. Yeah. Looking at the pictures, and I just got my face up real close to the screen. Instead of making the picture bigger, I just got closer <laughs> um, to try to see if I could see any evidence of wrist swivel. Uh, it's it's hard to tell the it, angle that the the arms are posed. It looks like there could be, but it's hard to tell. Like, I think those hands are at different angles from each other in relation to yeah. the elbow, but I the perspective really makes it hard to tell. Yeah. I, and I mean, one one of them, the, the one on our left, his right, I can kind of see a slot on the back of the knuckle, which indicates a mushroom peg. Uh, so I, I expect they probably swivel, but I want to ready myself for this terrible scenario where perhaps they don't. Uh, but yeah, Seth, any, any other thoughts on this? this piece well i mean i'm curious to see how a masterpiece style movie toy works out but so much of the movie designs are so 
abstract the the robot modes are so abstract from the vehicle that i think there's a lot of limitations on how accurate they could ever get i, th I think it, def it. it definitely helps that like the first one of these is a movie one design uh -huh. where I, I i feel the least amount of cheating happened yeah but uh but in the end i don't think i'm i'm the market for masterpiece movie toys the the one thing they could do to really get me on this is if they you know when they properly debut this if they're like hey this is what shogo hasui has been working on since he finished up on classics masterpiece because he did really good car transformers in masterpiece and his take on engineering and his sensibilities i feel would would really hook me in on something like this if it's got mm -hmm. like that just that uh, you know pleasant feel of transformation having you know the masterpiece moment and etc yeah well i mean i hope it's good for the people who are excited for something like this i'm just i'm not the guy i'm yeah. so kind of over movie toys like the for the last movie i think i bought four of the dinobots and maybe one prime at all yeah this, this is i mean that that's me coming up with the reason why i'd get excited like the this being movie bumblebee is kind of the last reason why i'm interested in the toy <laughs> uh i have i have a lot of movie bumblebees and several of them i quite like already so like that's that's not what gets me jazzed about this like if they just get your cliff jumpered i i got i got a cliff jumper from uh yeah oh yeah i see what you did I see, yeah. took me a second i was about to say i already purchased the movie one series repaint cliff jumper uh but i get you uh seth your your new picture i mean i'll pause for a sec here did you want to say anything about shadow spark optimus no okay <laughs> i didn't want to completely you know seal that off without you getting your word in edgewise but I, yeah I, like speaking of movie toys that i'm not interested in how about a repaint that doesn't mean anything from the blast line of movie toys and and it's coming out with a voyager of the same robot design that hides more of the vehicle in the same year it's like this, this, this toy is doomed there's this has a gigantic st dac stacked against it a dac yeah like the big giant like hunk of truck chassis on his back is just it's terrible especially for a leader sized toy come on Come on. It's just, yeah, there's, there's a Voyager of the same robot design that hides more stuff. It's like this thing is dead in the water unless you really like dirt. This guy's got a lot of good dirt. You can see that that spackle on his legs. It's pretty good dirt spackle. Uh, oh, I'm scrolling down here. Yo. And there's some pictures of... Oh! Of a projected photo screen thing. So, 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 yeah, okay. So it looks like there's something going on with his hand if you could replace it with a gun barrel. Yeah. It must just pop off. Unless there's like some kind of flippity-doo in there. And uh, yeah, there's also a battle mask feature that was mentioned in the, the press yeah. release, but I, I assume that would be a simple thing for them to do now. Um, oh, I also, one little thing, I like the description of the articulation as him having 33 steps of articulation. Uh, that's... That's interesting. Yeah, that's, that's someone who got a sleepy. Way to put it. Someone, someone got sleepy while writing about transformation steps. Uh, 
Seth, your new picture picks. You got we got a pair of them. I, I wanted to talk about both of them with you. Um, yeah. So let's let's hit on those. Maybe we should hit the uh, the quick one first. The uh, the Marky Mark one. The quick, okay. The I was thinking maybe start with the other one because it has less to do with Transformers. I feel like there's more. There's more work our way back. There's more huh? juice in the other one though. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll start with uh uh co-owner of fast food chain Wahlburgers. Still haven't gone. Uh, I I don't think there's any anywhere around here. There's, Aren't they all on the East Coast? Yeah, there's there's one across the street from Second City in Toronto, and every time I look at it. <laughs> Like every time I'm there with my improv classmates or something, I'm always like, you know, someday I'm gonna go to that Wahlburgers, and they're like, oh, well, have fun, and I'm like, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to go alone. I need to find someone to sucker into coming with me, and they're all like, well, the way you're wording it, we're not gonna go with you. I'm like, no, I don't want, I like you guys, I don't want you guys to come with me. I want to grab someone like that I, I that I'm I'm into subjecting to to nonsense because everything I, heard I would is totally it's... go with you because we watched like the first season of the TV show. Oh man. <laughs> Because you can walk me, because if I go by myself, I'm just going to go in there as a Toronto burger snob and I'll probably leave grumpy. I want to I want to go there with someone who can, like, lead me through the story of Wahlburger. <laughs> Here's the story. All right. There's two famous Wahlberg brothers. Yes. Right. Then there's one who isn't, <laughs> but he can cook hamburgers. Can he cook them well? So they opened a restaurant... Where the two famous ones are like putting their name on the outside and putting up a bunch of money so their not famous brother could have something to do. Is he good at cooking burgers? I don't know. I've never had a wall burger. Aww. So, and then the show is like a super contrived reality show where they're creating problems and. Oh, good. And like one of the famous brothers will just show up out of the blue and start. Like wanting to change something, and then the the brother that's actually doing the restaurant gets all mad. He's like, "Oh, who does Donnie think he is? Just coming in here." That's my Boston accent, super one hundred percent accurate. Who does Donnie think he is coming in here? And I'm the chef. And uh, yeah, it's a real dumb show. And then they got to call Mark on the phone, get Mark's opinion, and he's in Hollywood sitting in his office, like he's a big shot, like Hollywood mogul, and not just some. The low end actor. <laughs> Opinions there. Yeah. Anyway, so he had a USA Today uh, interview. And if you've ever looked at USA Today, like no stories in USA Today are more than like two paragraphs. It's like the total thumbnail version of the news. Um, so they talked to, to Mark Hallberg about. Uh, the last night and the quotes that were pulled out here on the front page um, story is uh, Marky saying that it's really smart and different. Um, I'm all for seeing something different in a transformer movie. I think it's necessary that they start doing something different. I'll be the judge as to whether or not I think it's smart. I don't believe him. <laughs> Yeah, the, what do you think? It's just going to be more of the same. I just don't know if Mark Wahlberg's definition of smart is my definition of smart. <laughs> I want to know smart in what context. Well, what if it's just smarter than the previous movies? Because I mean, 
That's certainly possible. And I, I dare say perhaps would not take a great deal of work. What if he said it was like the Citizen Kane of Transformer movies? I dare say <laughs> that that certainly is possible. <laughs> it would make it different. <laughs> but, I don't know if it would be smart. <laughs> yeah, again, if you're going to say the Citizen Kane of the Transformers movies, that's not operating from a super high bar. Yeah. Well, then he went on to say that, quote, it's not as cool as it would have been had I been 25 at 45, it's all pretty strenuous, which, you know, that's fine. I mean, he's making an action movie. Yeah. It, I mean, I'm not even 45 yet, and it hurts going up and down the stairs some days. But then I have a terrible job that ruins me physically, and I eat garbage food, and I don't exercise, so it's partly my doing. He's in way better shape than me. But anyway. I, I just want to throw out there from Mark Wahlberg, <laughs> he's complaining that he's 45 and this is hard. Keanu Reeves, I believe, was 50 when he made John Wick. Uh-huh. Keanu Reeves had, like, the, the puking flu when he shot one of the most strenuous action sequences in John Wick. I don't recall Keanu Reeves then doing interviews going like, ugh, it was so hard to do that scene because I'm, I'm 50 and I was sick. Keanu Reeves sucked it up. Did his, did, he, he did a good job and then he came out of it humble. Yeah, and how old is Tom Cruise? And he's like strapping himself to the outside of jet planes. I mean, he's he's got all that synchronized thetan power, though. Like he, yeah, he's he's kind of cheating in a way. Mm. Mm. Thetans are from Scientology. Well, here's the problem. Then, if we're gonna go down the Hubbard Road, Mark Wahlberg <laughs> is using his reactive mind. That's his problem. Yeah, if he wasn't using his reactive mind then it wouldn't be so pretty strenuous. I mean, I know some people he could talk to. Yeah. Uh, the guy who played Hyde... You should check out Leah Red Remini's TV series about Scientology that's going on right now. It's bananas. Yeah, I've been hearing about it. I still... It's not even about all the crazy space monster stuff, which the one time it came up so far on the show, she's like, nobody actually believes all this nonsense. Even the most hardcore Scientologists know... Like, that's silly. Don't worry about that part. That's why we're not talking about it. Yeah. I was just going to say, like, if, if Mark Wahlberg wants to get some info, you know, I, I he can talk to uh, the guy who played Hyde from that 70s show, because I know that dude is all up in that. Yeah, he's one of them. So you can you can give him some, uh, some pointers, some Thetan pointers. Yeah. But then Mark goes on to say, but I really like that Michael, because they're cool like that, yeah. they're on first name basis. I'm... <laughs> But I really like that Michael gives me freedom to make the character my own, improvising and bringing a lot of humor and elevate the emotion. And elevate the emotion. That's the part where Mark Wahlberg then fell asleep <laughs> during the interview. Uh, you know, that I mean, that that's like one of the most generic things you can say about a film is that you were allowed to improvise some lines? Yeah, and... You know, Mark Wahlberg doesn't seem like a bad person. No! We're poking fun. I don't think of him as a comedian. I think of him as a dope. A likable dope. Yeah, and... Like, so, with the Rectors, it's like, I kind of... 
I kind of feel like when it comes to improvising, there's ones who build in opportunity for improv improvisation, and then there's ones that maybe don't care that much about yeah. the script. Yeah, this the, the impression <laughs> I get from that is is like more of ah, so that's what the script is worth. <laughs> I mean, it's not like I'm I'm mortified now, but I'm like, well, that's maybe a slight mark against some of my excitement about the script coming from that new writing team. But whatever. <laughs> it also could just be that Mark Wahlberg really wanted to improvise and he was getting all like, you know, early 2000s Ben Affleck about it. And Michael Bay didn't really care. And he's like, OK, fine. Well, and when you kind of really look at. Transformer movies, historically, there's not a lot of really important dialogue going on anyway. Yeah. So if it's just one throwaway quippy line and then one of the actors improvises something else, I mean, I don't I don't think the integrity yeah, yeah. of the storytelling is being compromised in that regard. Yeah, it's not like, yeah, that's why I want to I want to stress I'm not like mortified it's not like he, I don't. I doubt the improvisation meant like, oh yeah, change the whole plot point. We'll alter the special effects, and uh, and rewrite uh, the the post around what you just invented. But you know, uh, yeah, like if in the last movie the written line was Mark Warburg saying, uh, "Darling, retrieve your father's X zero slash nine photon projectile rifle." And he improvised "Get Daddy's Alien Gun." Um, it, it, it's fine. Yeah, but you know, in, in, <laughs> in fact, I dare say, props to to Mark Wahlberg for that <laughs> alteration, if that was his. Yeah, it cut, cut a lot of the fat out. Just got down to the meat <laughs> yeah. of the situation. <laughs> less, less gristle. <laughs> you know, Michael, I was thinking. Uh, I think Cade. Yeah, Mark uh, speaks more like. A child than a grown adult. <laughs> that sounds hilarious, Mark. Let's do it. Alien gun. Uh, so the movie's out in June 23rd, the front page story mentions. Uh, I also like the continuing trend of, like, interviews with the cast of one of the Transformers movies where you can pull two sentences out to get the whole interview, and the sentences are always them saying, now this one's different from the last bunch. Haven't they all been different? Yeah, every single one. An actor has said, yeah, this time it's different. And then when the movie comes out, it's like, okay, things were different, but the different you were implying did not happen. All the different stuff disappeared in editing. <laughs> I swear to God, we filmed a different movie. We had all these great scenes we fought for. There was some real pathos in this one. <laughs> You know, man, we said we had a message in this one. This was going to speak to the American people. This is going to speak to the world population. No, I was I was about to say the problem was it only spoke to American people and they had to sell this to everybody else. <laughs> yeah. So all of that had to go. Just more bombs. That's what that's what the foreign market wants. More bombs. Um, speaking of bombs. I saw uh, uh -oh. the equivalent of a bomb drop on the front page when I knew I was podcasting with Seth uh, in our next recording. Seth, your other thing you noticed on the front page, the thing I noticed, the thing that you almost maybe were not going to pick as a new pick pick, and then I maybe said, no, we need to talk about this because of the name involved. Right. 
So Rob Liefeld had some stuff to say about the Transformer Sim cinematic movie universe Bible. Y'all hell he did, yeah. And what uh, now actual interesting <laughs> if you're a fan of Hasbro stuff news is is a he kind of confirms confirms plans and I think they were pretty much confirmed already. But he reiterates that Rom, Micronaut, and G.I. Joe movies are all in the works. Mm-hmm. Um, now, it sounds like those are going to be part of a Hasbro cinematic universe separate from Transformers. That's kind like of the Transformers are their own cinematic universe. Yeah. Which may or may not be good. Um, the, there, okay, so Mask wasn't mentioned. When we, saw, when, when we saw those images... There was like the smallest link, which was the Micronauts were all on Movie Optimus Prime's palm. Uh-huh. So like that might be the super thin tie they throw in if they really need to like rescue boat the whole thing by pulling in the Transformers. Yeah. Anyway, so our buddy Robbie here. Yeah. Um, the man who hates drawing feet. Um, he says he was called into a meeting. He thought it was going to be about Dark Tower, um, but he was handed a giant leather-bound equivalent of a phone book, as he put it, and it was the Transformers movie Bible. And then, what is it? What's the Akiva? Akiva Goldsman. Hmm. Goldsman. That's what I thought, but then... Goldsman or Goldsmith? Yeah, Goldsman. Goldsman. Um but I, I wasn't spotting it in this write-up and I didn't want to say the wrong name. Um, uh, but yeah, he goes, um, so Akiva would, that's actually a cool name. Akiva. Yeah. Um, made a special point that he wanted Rob to know that there was only eight of them and he's got one and Michael Bay's got one, but I bet Mike doesn't know where it is. No. Um, <laughs> And the head of Paramount has one, and then some other people have five. I mean, the head of Paramount has one, probably legally has one. It's more like the head of Paramount had one put into a records room in a box somewhere. Yeah. Is what I <laughs> expect that actually meant. Well, I just like the drop-off. It's like, yeah. I got one. Michael Bay got one. The head of Paramount got one. Five other people got them. <laughs> five other people who are involved have them. They don't matter as much. They're not worth name dropping. <laughs> not to you, Mr. Liefeld. So Rob, Robbie Boy here says he flipped through it and was really impressed. Ah. Um, because there's outlines for films and all kinds of stuff like that. Uh, Rob goes on to say, so he says to me, he says, it's pretty cool, right? And Rob was all like, yeah. Yeah, Kiva. And he was like, I ran this room. This is what we came up with. This is what I did on behalf of Paramount, he goes. In a couple of months, I'm going to go run the Hasbro room. And we're going to do the same thing for Rom, Micronauts, and G.I. Joe. We're going to, we're going to, to uh, we're going to put together this Hasbro cinematic universe. And then he said, I would like to do yours next. And I said, uh, okay. Wow. All right. So <laughs> Seth, I want to say what you just did for me as a service. 
until you read that out loud this is the truth i actually wasn't able to make it through rob liefeld's account because it was this weird rambling mess and i got frustrated and gave up i didn't actually know what it had to do with anything other than the fact that rob liefeld was on our front page so i based that on my two interactions with real life rob liefeld in the past okay which were more like me complimenting him right after he took over New Mutants when he was sitting in an artist alley of Oakland WonderCon. Nobody paying any attention to him whatsoever. Nobody cared about who this dude was. I recognized who he was. I was a huge fan of New Mutants. I, I really didn't like the artist that was doing the art before him. And his art style hadn't gotten out of hand yet. Yeah. So I said, oh, could you autograph this for me, please? I, I'm i really happy with your art. Like, it's cool that you took over New Mutants. And his reaction was to go, ugh, and then sign the book and push it back across the table. Uh, then it, one year later, after X-Force hit... Oh, no, X-Force hadn't hit yet. Cable was a big deal. Um. The guy ahead of me in line to get an autograph had a stack of about 50 copies of Cable's first appearance. And where you would hope the person signing autographs would be like, oh, wow, this is way too many and the line's very long. Um, Maybe I just do a couple of these for you. Rob said, are these all first Cables? The guy said, yeah. And he said, you're smart to have me autograph all these. (laughs) And then he did. I remember that part of the story the most. <laughs> yeah, and I know I've told the story at least twice on the podcast, but yeah, it's time for that was for the benefit of context and uh, any new listeners. And it's why I was so excited to get Seth to talk about Rob Liefeld again in, in what I hoped to be on topic, which I guess vaguely it was on topic. Very well, I, I mean, it had to do with a story bible i just I, i'd missed the reason why he was talking like I, I walked away from it going like is he just like making all this up or did he just like bump into a guy but i seen i i'd missed the part where this was about akiva goldsman going we're gonna do one of these for you rob for your universe because i don't actually know what rob liefeld's universe is it's like young blood and other crap um what what i'm thinking must have happened is okay two things one Hollywood is obsessed with cinematic universes now. Yes. Like, they're going to do a whole Universal Studio monster thing. Um, You got the Transformers going. You got this other Hasbro thing going. DC is trying desperately to land some hooks into people. Everyone's (laughs) kind of Marvel's running away with the... The ball. Yeah, everyone's kind of just missing the point of the way the Marvel one worked. And I, I almost would say worked in past tense, because I think that it has... I feel like Marvel's now at a point where they're, they've got another crossroad to hit, and it's not necessarily going to all turn out great. Uh, uh-huh. But they definitely are the only ones who have done it right so far. The Transformers one, though, is, I still say that's kind of like... Yes, I guess it's a cinematic universe in that it's a bunch of sequels. You could just say the same thing about Saw. They're turning it into, like, as soon as there's the individual Bumblebee movie and any other spinoffs that they may do. I guess. Like, it isn't one yet, but that's what they want to do with it. Yeah. 
I would prefer Transformers be part of a greater Hasbro universe if they have to do it. I don't know why everyone has to do it right now other than it's the hot thing in Hollywood that everyone needs to get in on. But what I think likely happened is Deadpool was a fairly... Um, was fairly fairly a surprise i can't talk tonight (laughs) was kind of a surprise in how well it did Mm. like like i'm sure you know people hoped it was going to do well but it it maybe did better than was expected and then now somebody wants to get in on that and it was like well who created this deadpool anyway oh this rob liefeld kid okay, let's get all his other characters and make movies with them because that's going to be as good as Deadpool without ever realizing that Deadpool only got good once Rob was out of the picture. (laughs) And also, you know, missing the part of why Deadpool was so successful. It didn't have anything to do with the fact that Rob Liefeld created him. Yeah, It, it It even had very little to do with comic book Deadpool. Yeah, and... Well, it has more to do with modern comic book Deadpool. Rob Liefeld era Deadpool was nothing. It was kind of a cool costume design, but the character was just like this assassin. Yeah. None of the stuff that people love about Deadpool is in those early versions of Deadpool. It it was after Rob was gone from Marvel and just making other ripoff characters. I mean, Deadpool was basically a ripoff of uh, Deathstroke from DC. Yeah. And then Rob goes to Image and starts ripping off more characters, just making them more extreme. Yeah, and and, I mean, even like there was that whole conversation about how the director ended up kind of coming to blows and then leaving the Deadpool sequel because he wanted to do things more big budget. And I kind of... I, I kind of disagree with his take. I'm sort of happy he lost that argument because part of the charm of Deadpool was the way that it very smartly dealt with its its adversity budget-wise and also actively made fun of those responsible and kind of got away with it because it was <laughs> it was a movie that had been sentenced to death and then found a way to live and thrive. And it's like, that's part of what made that movie work. And that's what needs to... Like, that very cavalier rogue attitude is what would make a sequel work. So I'm kind of happy that, you know, if someone had to leave the people who I think would, would carry that through are the ones who stayed. Uh, and of course, none of that really applies. Here's here's, so here's the dumb thing about transformers, possibly not having anything to do with all those other series in a Hasbro cinematic universe. They just merged a bunch of those properties together in the current comic books the way that that merger worked was that they didn't merge all those comic books together. They took all the ones that weren't Transformers and merged them with Transformers. Because the Transformers IDW universe was a perfect place to merge all that stuff together. There was hooks everywhere to attach all those properties uh, in, in a way that it was silly, but I think it worked. If you leave Transformers out of it, you lose that gel. Because, like... The thing that can pull G.I. Joe, Rom the Space Knight, and the Micronauts together is there's a, this large species of transforming robots who have million-year-long civil wars. So they're going to hit Earth. It'll bring G.I. Joe into it. They're going to obviously have an impact on the greater cosmos. So if there are Space Knights, they probably know of them. And then the Micronauts, the way that they were brought in in the comic books perhaps would not be the film way, but 
you know, they're also sci-fi. Like you have this gel, this this bonding glue in the form of Transformers. And without that, I just feel like it's a lot harder. And I don't think that this style of writer room is able to cleverly do it. Yeah, like, I mean, it, it's, it seems easy to connect these other properties movie-wise to Transformers. Because like you said, Transformers are from outer space. Space Knights are from outer space. They could have encountered each other. That could be why Barom comes to Earth in the first place. Like he's investigating some Cybertronian nonsense on Earth or something. Mm. And then you don't have to have the Transformers in it. Just have there be some thin thread reason. Or maybe he has to go to Earth for whatever mcguffin or villain is that's unique to rom and he maybe he's trepidatious because he knows cybertronians are making trouble there already yeah. and he doesn't want to get involved and because it's like man you got to give these cybertronians a wide berth they're a mess um yeah i mean that's that's the whole thing in the in the idw comic books like when rom actually does meet cybertronians he basically goes like no you cybertronians are nuts I don't trust any of you. And then Optimus and all of them have to kind of, they have their little, like they have the thing where the the heroes meet and then fight and then make up after. But with the Transformers and Rom, it was so easy because it's like he assumes they're all psychopaths. So they have to kind of, you know, slap each other around a bit and realize where they're all coming from. Yeah. And then with G.I. Joe, like some of the more um, like near future sci-fi-ness that you you would find in G.I. Joe and Cobra um, just have it be like backwards engineered transformer stuff. Yeah, that's that's literally what the mask vehicles in the new IDW series are. Yeah, is they're they're all they're all vehicles modified with parts of Blitzwing, basically. <sighs> that's a good place to get parts from. Um, he wasn't happy about it. He because he he was a he was a, a half disassembled head saying "kill me, kill me, kill me" hanging on the <laughs> ceiling of the the garage. Because Miles Mayhem was in charge of the project, right? And Miles Mayhem, it turns out, is a villain. <laughs> you think somebody would be suspicious <laughs> it, it's, when they hired a dude with the last name of Mayhem to so, work on their project. <laughs> so in the IW books, his real name is Miles Mannheim, but he okay. literally refers... That also sounds sinister. <laughs> he refers to himself as Miles Mayhem. <laughs> He's like, that's why in Adventure Team they called me Miles Mayhem. And it's like, okay, look, he actually calls himself Miles Mayhem. No one else does. <laughs> Perhaps this is a clue. <laughs> um, yeah. Rob Liefeld, ladies and gentlemen. <sighs> Always staying topical. Is this photo of oh, him even? Wow. This is like a really young photo of him. Yeah, that. I mean, there's a giant picture of Spawn in the background. Yeah. Like, come on, like, grab one of those. He put he put some photos of himself on Twitter where he was, like, kind of making fun of his own tropes in, like, a self-portrait photo. And I thought that that's that would be a better thing to put up here. This is being too nice. Anyway. Oh, Rob, you goof. <laughs> let's talk. Let's talk about some toys. And I said, uh, okay, wow. <laughs> like, who writes uh, that, man? Like, <laughs> I, that's like when you write, I don't know. 
Well, if Cinema Blend here is just transcribing what he said, then that's what he said. I guess. Or that's what he said he said. You know, put put those square brackets dot 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 wow, you know? <laughs> Why did they... Okay, here's the thing. They chose to use six H's. All right? That's where I want to question the, the quantification well, of uh. Well, maybe that's how we told the story. Was it maybe a, Ro- Robbie Boy was like, uh, a, a six H uh. Okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> because yeah. the wow was also all caps. That's right. He dropped a six H on and an all caps wow. That's it's very specific. But they they spelled out okay instead of just o dot k dot. Which yeah. is what I do because I can't be bothered with the extra letters. I don't even put the dots. I, yeah, I kind of question putting the dots. I question a lot of this. Um, Seth in the uh, Philippines. Uh oh! Out of nowhere, you can't af- prove anything. I wasn't there. After we got like little bits and pieces of Titans Return Wave Four information leaking out at a trickle, all of a sudden the entire wave came out in the Philippines. So, uh, broadside, topspin, quake, perceptor, cup, croc, a couple other toys I can't quite remember off the top of my head, all came out, and we've got in-hand pictures of all of them. Um, It seems like topspin is a brand new figure. Um, He's not a retool or remold of anyone, though he looks a whole lot like Misfire from the old Target Masters, Uh, and, and he also looks like he'd be very easy to retool into a top or twin twist, if necessary. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, the original toys were very, very similar. Yeah, and the, and the thing they'd need to change into drills looks like it's a separate component held on with pins. So it, they, they've they've set themselves up for some success. Uh, Perceptor is out as well. He's this wave is like Perceptor, Cup, and Topspin all seem to be completely new figures. Croc is a is a retool, well, new head redeco of. Uh, Skull Cruncher, Skull Smasher. Quake is a new head version of uh, Hardhead, who looks pretty darn good, all things considered, uh, in robot mode. And then uh, Legends Brawn is out. Uh, that road burn that we saw for the first time, like a week ago, is out. And then uh, the best Titan Master ever, Shuffler the Elephant, is out, along with Repugnus. Um, Sky Shadow, new leader toy, who's probably going to be redone into Overlord, he's out. Broadside's out. Uh, this looks like a pretty darn good wave. To me, I, I really like in the deluxes. I just love the colors. I love the the name pulls. Um, the new figures all look pretty decent. Uh, Cup looks like I really want to wait for the Japanese version, but doesn't look like he's necessarily a terrible toy. Um, I'm I'm digging this. I, I'm kind of laughing at how suddenly this all came out because it can't be that. There's probably only one or two waves of Titans Return to go because Combiner Wars was a six wave thing. Um, but uh, yeah, Seth, I don't know how much you've clicked through these photos, but is there anything that's really sticking out to you that you want to highlight? Well, one thing that's sticking out to me is I'm stressing out that Wave 4 is starting to show up places because I've never seen Wave 3. Me neither. So what's been going on around here from Target to Toys R Us and all points in between is um, Titan Return Deluxes disappeared from shelves about two weeks before Christmas and have yet to be restocked anywhere. Like wherever I go, I find like the Titan masters. I find voyagers and leaders. I find lots of, um, 
robots in disguise stuff, no deluxes anywhere. They just don't exist anymore. Yeah. Uh, in in Canada, I believe that the we we've got Wave Three Legends and Leaders and uh, Voyagers, but still no deluxes spotted anywhere, aside from like people who got them from like imports or from Diamond Distributing. Yeah. Now Wave Four looks more exciting than Wave Two, to me anyway. Mm. Um, or Wave Three, I mean. But there's still a couple dudes from. Wave three, I would like to find one day. Yeah, I want that trigger happy. Damn it. Yeah, that's probably the coolest looking one. Yeah, everyone's saying he's like one of the best figures in the line, except for the reports from the Philippines where people are saying that now Topspin is one of the best figures in the line. Yeah, I mean, I'm totally going to want Topspin because come on. Yeah, it's Topspin. But uh, I'm actually I'm really liking Quake. I I always had a soft spot for robot mode G1 Quake because that was a figure I got at a flea market and really liked and had no idea who he was for about a year and a half. So seeing all those familiar colors kind of makes me happy. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm less excited about the the kind of repainty dudes, but uh, there's still a lot of potential in the line, or there's still a lot of good stuff in the deluxes, mm-hmm. and then even the the titan masters and legends waves are cool i'm so stoked for shuffler man like that little (sighs) little elephant yeah god (laughs) now it's neat that they're going to to do at least one of those weirder animal type guys yeah well his elephant vehicle thing looks so damn good (laughs) Um, yeah, so, I mean, I'm looking forward to the wave, Mm. but it's scaring me that I haven't seen deluxes at all in so long. Yeah, I feel like there's, there's, if a pile up does not clear out soon, it might be worth just going to online retailers and grabbing sets from there. Yeah. Um, much as that, that can kind of take some of the fun out of it or, you know, not be as cost effective if you're getting lucky with sales. Yeah, and... Like, I don't necessarily want the repaint one, so I would like to be able to pick and choose Mm -hmm. because I don't necessarily feel the need to go super complete on any of these. So I don't want to, like, buy the wave from, like, Big Bad and get stuck with the Night Beat again. Oh, yeah. The repaints don't bug me. Like, this wave... The the repacks are the things that bug me more. Like yeah. Legends Bumblebee in the same wave as his repaint Roadburn really bothers me because that could have been Gnaw, and also that Bumblebee toy ain't very good. Yeah. So I, I'm like, don't make more of that. And then like Nightbeat, I think it's the worst single pack Titan Master in the <laughs> lines. Like, why is he coming back of all things? Yeah. You know, and then like, okay, I guess friggin' Sky Tread, sure. But uh, yeah, like. With the repaints, like, you know, doing Quake and Croc and doing them really well is the hardest sell for a repaint you could do to me. Because it's like, Mm -hmm. all right, it's a repaint, but we're going to take really cool, obscure characters and friggin' nail them, especially color-wise. And then, like, the the names for the Titan Masters even, like, Croc's Titan Master is called Gator Face. (laughs) (laughs) And then, like, Quake's Titan Master is just called Chasm. Like, those are damn cool names. Uh, yeah, well, I I like the colors on Croc because they're crazy. Yeah. Um, 
gator face. Yeah. Quake, I'm kind of shrugging my shoulders at. But. Quake Quake is all me. Like, he's not like an inspiring color scheme. He's he's one of those very specific nostalgia things. Also, uh-huh. Quake's face is tiny. Like, if you look at the in-hand photos, uh, he, he looks like he is, he is a teeny tiny pea head with a giant helmet. Uh, I don't mind, but it's really weird looking. But no, I'm, that really sucks because I I know that um, in America, like Leader Soundwave didn't even really start showing up until last month, uh, and that's oh, like yeah, I haven't like, seen that either. That's a Wave Two leader, so I I come across more um um Combiner War leader figures than than Titan Return leader figures still. I'm more likely to see Skywarps than anything else. I was going to say, are those leader toys also like the Seeker leaders? Yeah, I, I see millions of those. And I'm like, every time I see them go on sale, I'm like, well, you know, I have Thundercracker. I could just get Starscream and Skywarp. And I'm like, but I don't even want them. <laughs> like, that's just me reacting to like finishing a set. Yeah, it's just I don't get... Why stores wouldn't have restocked before Christmas? Yeah. Well, I mean, Transformers okay. doesn't have what a movie yet, so that they probably wanted to give the shelf space to stuff that's more in the zeitgeist. But there were just empty pegs. Oh, like the pegs are still there; they're just oh. empty. Okay, because yeah, like my <laughs> like my Toys R Us that I usually go to over at Dufferin, like they kind of compacted the Transformer section down to be like three pegs wide. Because they wanted to give more space to some other franchises, like Star Wars. So it's like they shift the size. But yeah, if it's just straight up empty peg space, that does make no sense. Yeah. That, that's ridiculous. That's what I'm saying. Well, these Wave 4 guys are out there. Um, not like super widespread yet, but like Robot Kingdom's going to be shipping them in, in on like February 1st, I believe. Um, if you want to do that, Make sure you check how much the shipping costs. Uh, but I know that there are some excited folks who have already started thinking about that. Because, like, between the excitement for the waves coming out and the fact that, you know, a lot of folks in America seem to have trouble finding anything on shelves, there's a lot of temptation to go online. But a friend of mine uh, was like, hey, you know, 140 bucks for a case of Wave 4 Deluxe seems okay. And so I was like, well, what's the shipping going to be? And it's like, oh, the shipping is like 43 bucks for registered air or 60 bucks for EMS. It's like, yeah, your, ship, your shipping from Robot Kingdom is going to kill any of your savings there. So bear that in mind if you get tempted. But I don't blame you for getting tempted. <laughs> um... I don't think I have anything else except for... Ah, yes! Uh, Seth, I've got a couple of listener questions for us. Yeah, yeah, listener questions. We got one here from Riddler87. I uh, just peeked at who the other listener questioner is from. Uh-oh. And I might have to leave the room for a while. <laughs> it's alright. No, I'm, I'm right here. You know, we can do this together. Right. All right. Before we get there, though, Riddler87 says, Hi, Evangelist, the rest of the WTF and TFW crew. I know in episode 438 you said that you're backed up on questions, so I thought I would send you another one. <laughs> Thanks. That's the right way to react, I guess. 
Uh, he goes on to say, I am someone who has always been very careful on what figures to pick up because I like to keep my sides even. So a lot of the time, if I already have a figure of a character I like, say animated Hot Rod or Classics Astro Train uh, that I like, then I'm less likely to pick up their new Titans Return figure. However, in the case of Perceptor and Blitzwing, I'm really looking forward to those figures. I don't feel like I've ever had a good toy of either of those characters. I had Reveal the Shield Perceptor and both animated and Generations Blitzwing. So what I want to ask is, do you guys find that if you already have a good toy of a character, are you less enthused about a new one coming out uh or do you still look forward to the new figure hope you enjoy adding me into the dog pile evangelist click so uh seth when you already have like a really good toy of a character does that enter into when you see that character appear again it depends on the line we're talking about with transformers not really i mean unless it's in the same the same run yeah like so, like, if there's a tight Master Optimus Prime compared to the uh, um, Combiner War Optimus Prime, I assume they're going to be different, and I'm going to find something different about them. And then in other cases, um, especially if they've been separated by years, mm. um, I assume that the newer version of, say smoke screen to just pull a name out like if the last smoke screen toy came out five years ago and now there's a new one i go into it assuming that the new one is going to be more advanced in some way it doesn't always work out that way sometimes the newer version isn't as good yeah but i don't really have that trepidation going into a repeated character in transformers i'm a little more trepidatious like with say marvel figures where it's like okay do i really need to get a seventh wolverine or an eighth spider-man like is this really going to be any better it's a slightly different costume but is it going to be a better figure i don't know if i want to do this or not and then i gotta make that that call yeah i i kind of feel the same way like i think Transformers is a, a, a in in very specific particular is a line where I don't care if I already have a copy of a character because the the way the figure transforms can be so wildly different that to me it's a completely different toy even if it represents a, the same character even if it represents the same character in the same continuity if the toy is completely different in how it transforms then that's a different experience for me um, I know there are a lot of collectors who are more character oriented with Transformers. I simply, like, I understand that you guys are out there. I just do not connect with you at all in that regard. Like, I, <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I, kind of, I kind of understand where you're coming from, but, like, it's borderline alien to me. Because to me, like, Transformer figures, if they transform differently, they, they are different toys to me. Um, but, like, like, Seth, like what you're saying, with something, especially if it's all the same scale, like, if I have a six-inch Spider-Man that's really good and another six-inch Spider-Man comes out in the same line, particularly a line like Marvel Legends where they tend to reuse bucks, I'm kind of like, you got to do a lot to get me interested in that again. Like This one comes with a slice of pizza. Oh, damn. I better buy that. I could use that slice of pizza for photos. Yeah, you can. <laughs> um, Seth, actually, in that, in that particular regard, um, if I have a really good like six-inch version of a character I like, but then like a four-inch version comes out, I'm I'm kind of quick to pick that up if it looks like a good toy. Or for you, is it is it like if you just have like a good version of like Snake Eyes, 
assuming there was a six inch snake eyes you have you say you know, you've got you've got a whole bunch of four inch snake eyes i'm gonna use an example that doesn't exist <laughs> that's right even though star wars is right there and i could just be yeah. using that uh so you've got like a, you got your excellent four inch snake eyes but then a really cool six inch one comes out uh does does that still feel like redundant if, to you or if they started doing six inch like real american hero style gi joes i would be so excited because I'm kind of out of being interested in four-inch figures right yeah. now. Like, the current Joes that are sort of trickling out, I just I don't have any interest in them. I mean, partially because they don't look cool, but I'm just not interested in that scale. Yeah. Um, well, um, so let's let's go in the other direction. And Star Wars, this actually exists. So, like, if you have, like, a really good six-inch Black Series figure, and then you see those sometimes hard-to-find, like, four-inch Black Series figures that are still pretty poseable, and it's like, a, say it's like a Sokatano, you've got the six-inch one, but then you see the four-inch one. Do you feel any draw to the four-inch version? Let's say it's K2S09. Is that the right combination of letters and numbers? You added a Let's nine? say it's K2. Okay. <laughs> Let's say it's K2. Then yes, because that happened. Spoiler for what we got this week. Wait, they made a four-inch um, one? Yeah. I asked you if you were going to get it, and you were like, I need my posability. Oh, I thought you... Yeah, so when you said that, I thought you were talking about the dumb five points of articulations ones. No, that's... Yeah. That's all that they got. They don't do the the four-inch blocks anymore. No, no, or they... Or they're, like, Walmart exclusive or yeah, something. Yeah, they're, they're Walmart exclusive, but, like, they did, like, a... There's a, a four-inch, like, Death Trooper that apparently is super darn good. Um, so, yeah, but, yeah, no, yeah, I just got what, the five point K two. Yeah, no, five point K two. I don't care about. But like, uh, if if they did like the you know the miniature boxes where they cost it's way the hell sucks. too much for a four inch figure, if they did like a, a posable K two S O in that scale, like I might be tempted. But what if I told you K two S O was six points of articulation? Wait, what? Yeah, he's six. Does he have a waist? No, it's all in his neck. Oh, like two points in the neck? Yeah. Are they ball socketed? Yeah. Well, well, well. Yeah, well, there you go. Um, yeah, so after the movie came out, I was like, I gotta get that little one too. And then I could have my big one holding the little one. And then we saw like giant ones at Toys R Us, and my girlfriend's like, Are you gonna get this one too? I said, just keep trying to call my bluff, and maybe I will. I was about to say that the response to that is, Well, since you asked, then you go and buy <laughs> yeah. it. And you put it in the living room and <laughs> just leave it. Just have every size I can get my hands on <laughs> holding the size smaller than it. That's right. Um, yeah. So we we go into this uh, drugstore, a CVS, and they had one there. And I was like, oh, I could just get it here. And it was $13. And I was like, nah, I'm just going to put it back. And then I couldn't find it anywhere because this was also right after the movie came out. Oh, yeah. When he got popular. Um, yeah, so he he just disappeared, and I couldn't find that dude anywhere. Um, and then I did, and I didn't pay thirteen dollars for it. I felt super smart about buying him a month or two before the film came out. After the film came out, because yeah. I re I really like his design, so I was like, I want the figure of this, and I got a feeling like this is going to become the popular one. Yeah, and then he disappeared everywhere. Yeah, but, you know, in general, as per your question, no, I'm not likely to just buy a 4-inch figure because I thought the 6-inch figure was cool. 
Yeah. Like the last just straight up four inch figure I bought was that Death's Head because there wasn't any other option. Yeah. I wish they did a six inch Death's Head. Yeah, that'd be great. Because the four inch Death's Head is cool, but those four inch, like to this day, those four inch Marvel figures have some of the gummiest plastic. And like, yeah. I can't get him to keep holding all his things on his body. Eventually, they just sort of jostle off of him. It's sort of annoying. Um, but stemming from that question, we have our next question, which I thought was somewhat related. Uh, this is a listener question from Mikey Irish Paleo, uh, who uh, Seth you might know from the Moonbase Two podcast. I do. I uh, I was on their podcast a couple weeks ago to talk about the IDW Revolutions crossover thing. I did a thing with them a couple years ago where we watched The Fifth Element together and yapped about it. Oh, dear. Yeah. So there's some cross-promotion, I don't even know where you can find that audio. It's in there somewhere, I'm sure. I don't even know. It's somewhere out there. Who knows? Probably uh, in the dark web. Mikey Irish Paleo says, Dear evangelists and true believers, have you ever been into a toy, not for the engineering or canon character, but for some other factor? For example, getting a movie optimist because of the murder prime effect, desperately seeking that one power core combiner purely to take the sticker off of the box, or my own want of AoE drift because of the awful personality I crafted prior to the movie's release. Who is your metafictional grail? All the best. Cluck. Cluck? Well, he obviously, U is right next to the letter I on a keyboard. I believe they well, have regular QWERTY keyboards in Ireland. I think that's the onomatopoeia in Ireland for click sounds. Ah. It's a cluck. That's Europe. That's right. Well, Ireland specifically. Hmm. Mikey Irish Paleo is from Ireland. Yeah, FYI. as I'm sure the listener could tell by your super accurate voice yes. effect rendition. I, I podcasted with him several times, so I can basically yeah. do a perfect impersonation of him. He's just not a good Irish person. Yeah, that's the, like that's what he sounds like. Mm-hmm. He just he just isn't good at being Irish. Like I feel I feel pretty darn rich when I when I get to podcast with him because he sounds pretty darn rich. You know, he's got he's got well, that he's. He's a paleontologist. Yeah, he makes that paleontologist money. Yeah, he gets that. He gets them palo bucks. You know, they 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 put that they put that feathered uh, claw in that amber, and Big Paleo's just been raking it in. Yeah, um, they all get a cut. Yeah, it's like uh, the the way they distribute money from a Indian casino. Everyone in the tribe gets a cut. Yeah, that's, you know, big... that's what's supposed to happen. Not sure if it's true or not. <laughs> Big Paleo has got its its uh, ish. It's it's got its uh, its dung together, as they say. Yeah. But uh, Seth, have you ever bought? I mean, I think I think you have actually. You just literally said you did. But have you ever bought a toy almost entirely uh, for for just like some factor outside of the engineering or the character? Yeah, like every time they put out a toy a wheelie. Yeah. Because everything about Wheelie's fiction is awful. And I think that's why I like him so much. <laughs> um yeah, there's been like I'm I was struggling to like remember specific examples, but I know I've bought a bunch of toys just because I thought they were dumb. Mm. 
Um, and that kind of seems, to me anyway, uh, relevant to the question. Like, like I, I once bought one of those Jazzwares Street Fighter 2 packs, the one with El Fuerte, the Mexican wrestler cook. I bought it because it was horrible, and I wanted to have a, an example of the horrible Jazzwares uh, just mutilation of that license in a box somewhere. Um, and I still have it in a box somewhere. I never opened it. El Fuerte, like, his kneecap was broken in the sealed bubble. Uh, nice. Pretty incredible. But, uh, I mean, I've also, you know, there's some uh, movie Prime toys I might not have bought if I hadn't invented such a, a, a character for him. Um, like the, oh, what was it? Uh, him and Bumblebee both had those frightening repaints in the third movie line. Uh, it was like Cyberfire Bumblebee and then like Inferno Optimus or something. Uh, and they were they were both like just done up in literal villain deco. And I needed those toys because I was like, this this matches my personal fiction completely. Um. A lot of other examples I'm thinking of, I'm realizing as I think of them, it actually did boil down to engineering or canon character. But there have been those rare ones where I'm like, nah, this is this just seems really stupid and I want it. Uh, or it's like there, there was a period where I was buying more things because I wanted to know what they were like. So like I bought one of these Ninja Turtles where you, you like pull his arm back and release and then he goes, yeah. And if you hold his arm back, because he'll like say something, so he's gonna be like he'll 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 have like a shia. But if you hold his arm back, they drag out the first half of the voice clips. So he goes like shia, or like uh, if they say something, they hold on the weirdest syllable. Like there's a shredder, and he's like, I don't know, I can't remember any of his lines, but it was stuff like if he said, "I will dine on turtle soup," and you hold his arm back, he's like, "I will dine on turtle soup." <laughs> and I love I those figures. So I saw a new one that I almost Crin. I think if Crin didn't give me a look, I would. I might have bought it. <laughs> but the look she gave me made me also want to almost buy it more. Same yeah, you should have been like, "Don't give me that look, woman," and then put it in the basket or the cart or whatever. It was, but it would have been. I would have regretted it as much as that Shredder and that Leo because the, their batteries. Yeah, but died. you would have won. You would have won the situation. <laughs> you would have established your alpha male. You got to be alpha, bro. Well, I, I did see a tweet that said, like, if I'm if I don't kill things, I'm basically a girlfriend. Um, but <laughs> Do, I like mosquitoes count. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I've I, I used to kill caterpillars a lot when I was a kid until I realized you then I had freak. this moment. You lunatic, you monster. I, <laughs> I had this moment like within a year of when me and my friend would do that. Where I was like, wait a second, and I had this sudden moment where I suddenly empathized with the caterpillars and I felt like a monster. And like now I can I can barely deal with bug carcasses at all. But there's this Raphael <laughs> I saw. Like PTSD from your Yeah, it's you know, too much empathy with with caterpillars. There's these ninja turtles where they have like weird like bobbleheady eyes inside their their eye sockets, so their eyes are like vibrating. <laughs> and the whole point of the figure is to shake it. And so I saw the Raphael one and I pulled the, they, they had, the people who put them on the, on the shelves hadn't pulled the big like paper, remove this tabs out of the batteries so you can do the try me stuff. So I removed the tab and I was like, I'm a shake Raphael. So I shake him. He goes like, Whoa, uh, uh, and I'm like, oh, that's funny. I put him back on the, on the, on the rack. <laughs> Two seconds later, he yells at me from across the aisle. Hey, come on, buddy, do it again. Like he starts like trying to pick a fight with like, that's the voice clip they gave him is if you shake him and then stop, he starts like trying to egg you on to shake him some more. And so I went back and I shook him a bit and he went like, ah, ah, ah. 
<laughs> and I'm like, all right. Then I start walking away. He's like, that all you got? And I was like, yo, Raphael, <laughs> you're really endearing me right now. And I kind of want to buy you. <laughs> so he just he just talks smacking. He's like, come on, come on, sucker, bring it. You like touch him. He starts screaming. <laughs> he waits two seconds after you leave him alone. He just starts trying to big dog you again. It's so funny. Uh, it's, now I'm imagining like the the meeting. Where it's like, okay, what's next for turtles? What are we doing next? Uh, shake them, and they got googly eyes. And then when you stop, they yell at you for stopping. Okay, cool. Then what? Um, <laughs> WWE wrestlers as turtles? Awesome. I love it. Can can one of them be a guy with a neck injury that will never wrestle again? Which one's that? Sure. Sting. Oh, yeah. Freaking the mutant Sting figure looks so cool, but it's such a bummer. Because I'm like, oh, it's Sting as a mutant scorpion man. And it's like, that's the only way he'll ever be able to do this again. By if being... he becomes a mutant. <laughs> Did you we gotta splash we gotta splash some radioactive material on Sting and then he could wrestle again. My favorite part of those mutant figures is that Bray Wyatt's bio is like three times longer than everyone else's because he's also the main reason those those figures fictionally exist. It's like that, you know that that WWE Immortals mobile game? Uh-huh. And like the backstory of that game is Bray Wyatt got a dark lantern and then accidentally opened a portal to multiple dimensions. The mutants line is Bray Wyatt got mutated swamp muck from his backwoods whatever and threw it on some people. And so he turned them into mutants. I think it's neat uh, that Bray Wyatt gets better writing for mobile games and toy lines than he does for TV <laughs> It gives me these small little hints of hope because I'm like, well, someone involved wants him to literally be the supervillain of all things wrestling. Unfortunately, it's nobody involved in putting the shows together. Yeah, they just keep writing him to lose. But over in the toy lines, he's opening rifts. He's like mutating people. He turns Stardust into an alien because that way he doesn't have Cody Rhodes' face anymore. He, he's, he's just up to all kinds of stuff. Uh... Oh man, there's something else I wanted to Oh, yeah, Seth, I don't mean to tangent, but did you see the trailer for the Jetsons Robo WrestleMania? I didn't see the trailer, but I saw a video about it. Okay. Do you do you want to know the two the two second um, two two paragraph pitch for this thing? Like it's pretty darn good. Well, I think I got it from the video I watched, but for the benefit of the listeners who probably don't want to hear it, uh, go ahead. <laughs> so the Jetsons hasn't had a cartoon for like a million years. No. We're finally getting a new Jetsons cartoon. Yes. It's just in canon. It's a regular day. George Jetson is supposed to go check out a basement in a, in a mining operation somewhere. He finds the big show frozen in a block of ice. Jeez, that's what happens to big people. They and, get frozen in ice. And so the big show is like, I'm in the future. I can't do a big show voice. <laughs> and then it, you know, it was better than your Mikey voice. Yeah. yeah as probably. far as accuracy. <laughs> So then the big show's like, okay, well, I'm in the future and everyone I know and love is dead. I'm going to go wrestle. And then he goes and finds out that wrestling's all done by robots and he gets mad. He then somehow becomes the robot emperor and decides, like, I'm going to take over the world. So the Jetsons fly around the moon backwards to go a century back in time to go collect a bunch of wrestlers, then bring them back into the future to fight the big show. thing that I'm trying to deal with is if they can go back... A hundred years into the past, why don't they just go back and prevent the big show from getting frozen in a block of ice? Shut up. And why don't they just do that by murdering him? <laughs> Get Rosie the robot to just go Terminator on his ass. 
and make things get real dark. Anyway, that was on my mind. Because you brought up those Ninja Turtle wrestler toys. Um, <laughs> thanks, Mikey. Seth. Yeah, Mikey. Any other answers you have Why to this question? Why don't you go dig a bone or something? Whoa. Uh, any, any other answers you want to have to, to Mikey's question, or shall we move on? Uh, let's move on. All right. He's He can't even afford a PlayStation 4 or an Xbox One. <laughs> he was on Twitter the other day like Oh I played Shadows of Mordor I was like, Where's And this it coming was from? a pretty good game But here's all these problems I have with it And I'm like all those problems what, what? Like, what are you playing on? He's like oh Playstation 3 oh. And I was like well all those problems Don't exist in the other versions like, Come on He's like oh I got to Mordor till I get to Jerb like, Okay well Just play awful versions of games then Whatever he said that the Nemesis system... I didn't know the Nemesis system was actually in the PS3 version. I thought it had been just gutted out. I think it was, like, scaled way back. Okay. I, I, it's I got like confused. it's kind of in there, but not really. Because his tweets were, like... I thought... Because his tweets went on to a part where he said, I love the Nemesis system. And I was like, wait a second. Then what did you play? Why are you complaining about the PS3 version? <laughs> but, uh... I don't know. Yeah. I, think, I think he just watched Lord of the Rings and got confused. <laughs> I have not watched Lord of the Rings in a long time. He thought he was playing the game, but he was really watching Lord of the Rings. And... He's playing it really well up until the part where Boromir yeah. dies, and it's like, oh, it's what, cool. stupid controller? <laughs> <laughs> These graphics are amazing. <laughs> Friggin' lag. Uh, Seth, I have a question for you now. Oh, I want to hear it. Did you get any Transformers this week? I did. All right. What'd you get? This I got week? Masterpiece Inferno. Oh. But I haven't been able to open it yet. Oh, we need to talk it, about him when you do. Yeah. Um, I got a bunch of stuff kind of all at once. And that was going to be the thing that took the most time, like to really, you know, experience and be able to put meaningful thoughts together for. And I just ran out of days. Just cracked open some of them uh, spoilers. Spider Man. Yeah. Well, I got I got one off and topic. Star Wars. All right. I almost said I got one off topic thing. I did, but I also got one somewhat on topic thing. What'd you get? I actually got it about five minutes before our Skype call. Whoa! But I popped him open and messed with him anyway because he's a fun toy and he can do it real quick. Uh, just came out. It's Mastermind Creations Kultur, which is their version of Tarn from the IDW Comics Decepticon Justice Division. Uh, for the for the benefits of Seth, this is a guy who is rabidly loyal to the Decepticon cause. He straight up wears a Decepticon insignia face mask. Uh, he leads the DJD who go around punishing Decepticons who are determined to have betrayed the cause. And in the context of the comic books, his whole story is basically he's so devoted to Megatron's ideals, he's now more dangerous than Megatron and is a danger to Megatron. Uh, especially because in IDW, Megatron kind of has a change of heart and realizes how much terrible stuff he's done and tries to, to atone for it a bit. And it doesn't go over super well with Kultur or Tarn. He has a, a moment of, of broken faith. Um, is Tarn all like used to be Alpha Bro? No, you're Beta. Tarn, yeah, Tarn's Tarn's kind of like. Well, I guess this means I'm. Uh, I believe in your ideals better than even you do. 
More Megatron than Megatron. I'm more Megatron. Well, I mean, Tarn's whole thing is like he's so Megatron, he has two fusion cannons on his oh, arm. Oh, snaps. Which Megatron kind of makes fun of him for uh, in their yeah, final encounter. Yeah, but like encounter. they're littler. Megatron's just got one big fat cannon. He's got like two little little ones. That's right. But uh, the Mastermind Creations have done two other members of the DJD. They did the two smaller ones. Uh, Kultur is kind of the next step up as far as size. And then there are just two very large members to do after that, which they've all but confirmed they are working on. Um, that's right, large members. Uh, Kultur is a good toy. Um, I would say he's probably one of the best reformatted releases to date. Uh, after, you know, I, I feel like Jaegertron, their lockdown, um, who was also their death's head, is kind of one of the weaker figures in the line. Uh, Carnifex, their overlord, was pretty darn good, but he's so big that he's like... He's price prohibitive, whereas Kultur, he's 120 bucks, but he's he's more grounded. He's a lot like Titanica in that both those toys, they feel like they have the spirit of what I really liked about Mastermind's version of uh, Impactor, Spartan, uh, which was a darn good, solid little toy with a just a quick but great transformation. Um, Kultur has that same thing. His transformation is pretty darn simple, but it accomplishes a lot, and it's over like just in time to not outstay its welcome it's like it's not just like flip the legs pull the arms and he's done but it's kind of like flip the legs and pull the arms and there are a bunch of little fun steps added to those actions and then he's done uh really decently articulated the only thing i'm worried about on him he has very large ball socket joints as part of the articulation in his shoulders and so as always with large ball socket joints i kind of uh, am hoping that they keep their friction uh, for a good long time. If not, it's it's fixable. But um, hopefully, like it's not like we you know within months they start to get loose or something. So we'll see. Uh, really good ab joint too. Uh, you can remove his mask uh, again for the benefit of Seth and other people who haven't kept up with the books. That was like a multi-year long mystery: is what's beneath the mask. And uh, so Mastermind Creations did up a head that kind of resembles one of the most popular theories, which proved actually to be wrong and a red herring. But the head design is sort of generic enough that it works for what we did see of Tarn's actual face in issue 55. Um, and it's all in black plastic, which is red eyes. So, you know, it, it, I think it works fine. And if you don't like it, then just leave the mask on. It's, it's easier to leave the mask on than to pull it off. Like, it's on there pretty darn tight. Uh, good toy. Uh, I really like it. Um, and it feels so solid. It, it really makes me look forward to uh, their version of Helix. I believe is the next one they're doing. Um, big chunky figures seem to always be something that works out in uh, reformatted. It's slimmer, slimmer characters like Jaegertron, where it seems like uh, complications arise. This guy feels lovely though. Like the knees make good noises, the hips make good noises. I'm very pleased with this figure. Um, gonna get on reviewing him in Titanica once I finish up with uh, the Ocular Max Trailbreaker. But uh, that's all I got for uh, for on-topic stuff that I can think of off the top of my head. I'm probably forgetting something, but this is what's on my mind right now. Uh, Seth, let's do that thing that I did with Aaron and TJ. Let's let's trade the mic a little bit. I have one uh, major off-topic thing to talk about, so let's let's do one of yours, then mine, then yours. Unless I lost you. Ah, I didn't unmute my mic. <laughs> All right. I muted it to not, like, have a bunch of noise. 
And then I just, you talked to me and then I was like, oh yeah, that's him. Blah, blah, blah. And then you said, unless you lost me. And then I was like, oh, no. I know. I forgot that mute my mic. forgot that mute my mic. I didn't unmute my mic. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I mean, I got two whole waves of things. Let's so do is that. Let's do one of those waves and they'll do my thing and then let's do another one of those waves. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. So we might as well get into the Marvel Legends. Yeah, those are on my which mind. We've made reference to. So it's Marvel Legends Wave 5, uh, Sandman, Build a Figure. So it's like primarily Spider-Man related. I, th- I think there's only one character that isn't a Spider-Man specific character. Uh, another character, Jackal, I don't know from nothing, and he stinks. It's, I, I kind of know who he is, but he was like, he was in a storyline where where he, I think he was kind of interchangeable, and the, the bummer of a toy of Jackal is he's just a green man in underpants. Yeah, he looks like someone did a reimagining of the Green Goblin. Yeah. Um, and he's got no accessories. He just comes with a leg. It's not an interesting figure, but one of the things that I'm going for it is it's one of the very few figures in this whole wave that I didn't have some sort of problem with. Yeah, you had a you had a friggin' journey with the, with this wave. Yeah, quality control issues out the butt. Damn so it. Jackal was fine, except for the fact that who cares about Jackal? Uh, Black Spider Man. So this is like that that newer. Superposable Spider-Man Buck body. Mm-hmm. So he was mostly fine, except for uh, one of his shoulders was super stuck, and it took a bit of doing to get it moving. Um, then on the opposite side, so that swing joint in his shoulder. You know what I'm talking about? Like the, the forward-backward one? Yeah, that lets his like shoulders come in way tight, and then go way back out yeah um on the opposite side of the stuck universal shoulder um it's still really gummy feeling and doesn't move freely which makes me worry that i'm just slowly twisting the little piggy parts to oblivion that's the thing I really don't like that I'm hearing is that it, a lot of it seems to be based on pegs getting stuck and physically twisting and then twisting off. Yeah. Like, cause that's, that's my least, that's my NECA break that always happens that I hate. Yeah. And I've gotten multiple figures with this, this buck and never had this problem before. Yeah. It must be the plastic on that, that production run or something. Yeah. Cause you, be you plastic on everything. You also mentioned that like, this wasn't like you alone were having these problems. Right. Well, one problem specifically another person had, and yeah. I'll I'll get to that as I work my way through. Um, Miss Marvel is in the wave. She is one of the other three figures that I didn't have a problem with, and she's interesting. Like I've never read anything with Miss Marvel in it. I like this redesign mm-hmm. or this new version of Miss Marvel. I also like that it's a case of they created a new character with an established name. And has some of the look, so it's like the same colors as classic Miss Marvel, the red and the blue and the yellow lightning bolt, but they made it uh, relevant to uh, a character that is uh, meant to be Muslim. So it's like, it, it's, 
I, I really like that it it makes a female superhero character that isn't just wearing skin tight clothes with her boobs hanging out. Yeah, and, and like um I I haven't I haven't read a ton of the Kamala Khan Miss Marvel stuff, but I've seen a lot of bits and pieces. And a lot of it I really enjoy because like the way that they have her be, you know, the new Ms. Marvel is that she's a Ms. Marvel fan and then finds out she's got superpowers and is like, well, I'm going to friggin be Ms. Marvel because Ms. Marvel's like gone on to be Captain Marvel. So I'm, yeah. I'll, I'll just take up being Ms. Marvel because I thought Ms. Marvel was the best. And then, you know, she meets Ms. Marvel or Captain Marvel, who's all like basically like at some point they meet and then Captain Marvel's like, nice, cool. You can you can take the name. And it's just, it's just a very it's a very fun you know take on on a new superhero origin. Yeah, and that's one of the other things that I like about it is like they're they're doing this new version of an established character without having to get rid of the established character because that character got a name um, promotion. Yeah, she was I, promoted to captain. I'm also, I'm also really happy to hear that that figure turned out all right because in this whole wave, that's kind of the one figure I was thinking of picking up. So yeah. I was hoping that yours turned out okay. Yeah, and so so I like that. I like that better than the idea of like, well, we decided we need to diversify, so Tony Stark just isn't Iron Man anymore. It's this other person. It's like, yeah, but you know, eventually it's going to be Tony Stark again. Why not just create a new character? Instead of feeling like you got to get rid of this other one, like they've done with Captain America multitudes of times now, where it's like Captain America's dead, here's somebody else. Yeah. Captain America's missing, here's somebody else. Well, I, and then Steve Rogers comes back. I didn't. I didn't even like. I've lost track of. I mean, I don't read the books enough, so I. Because I, I, I really liked the idea of Bucky taking the mantle. Because I was. I don't like, think that lasted very long. Okay, because that's the last time I kept up with it, and then I was like, oh, they're like, no, the mantle's changed like three times since then. Also, Steve yeah. Rogers is back, and I was like, all right, well, <laughs> I'm gonna go yeah. stick to my cosmic books. <laughs> the Falcon took over as Captain America for a short period of time, or like a relatively short period of time, yeah. and I then mean, that, Steve that, that came back. That works as well as Bucky. Um, yeah, and it's like. You know, maybe just let them keep being the captains of America and Steve Rogers can be like, I don't know, General America. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Give him like a big admiral hat, like the captain of the Macross or whatever. and <laughs> Huge mustache. Yeah. But like in the Ultimate Universe, when they like bump off Peter Parker and replace it with Miles Morales, like I would have found that more irritating if it wasn't that it was in the Ultimate Universe and 616 Peter Parker is still around. Um, so I didn't have any problem with that. And I think it's cool that they've brought miles over to the main continuity. Um, I, I really like the, uh, the aesthetic of there being like a spider team. Yeah. Like, I think, I think that that, I think part of the reason I like that is because I feel like, you know, solo Peter or Peter Parker as the only Spider-Man for whatever reason felt like he was constantly just running into editorial walls like a majority of the um how do you put this a majority of the stories that seem to have come from a series of poor decisions in the last like decade often seem to involve spider-man <laughs> and so i feel like like okay you know what maybe just make it a spider team and, and then that'll that'll satisfy whatever the hell keeps like making spider-man have trouble just having fun yeah <laughs> And speaking of other Spider-Mans, yeah. so there's all-new Spider-Man 2099. 
I am so like, I kind of like this costume, but I don't like, so I like this costume, but I don't like it as much as the old costume. Yeah. I kind of agree. I I don't hate it. It's just that I like the other one more. (laughs) Yeah. Um, This one was mostly fine. Like both this and spider UK are a, a, a larger body. Yeah. Um, like for a Peter Parker Spider-Man or a, a Miles Spider-Man, I, I want a, a shorter, thinner build. Once these aren't Peter Parker or Miles, um, for that matter, it it's not that big of a deal that it's a, a bigger, beefier body. Um God, I wish I had them up here. If memory serves, even though it is a bigger body, he still has that that swing in the shoulders. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a body that has that. I forgot who's. Yeah. Um, so it, it's fine. I don't think I had any problems with that one, but I did have problems with spider UK. Who also, who, who is spider UK? He's from another dimension. Oh, okay. He's an alternate reality. Spider-Man. Cause I didn't, I didn't realize he I saw him on a shelf once, and I didn't know why he didn't look quite right to me. And then I, I noticed the Union Jack motif. Yeah. And then I was like, huh. So do you know how in Marvel there's, like, the Captain Britain core? Yeah. Where it's, like, all the Captain Britons from other universes? I think they kind of went down that same hole with Spider-Man at some point. Well, there was the the, the Spider-Verse story where they, they kind of went yeah. crazy with And I, I kind of enjoyed that, that concept. So I, I assume that's where this guy came from. Right. Well, on so the the back of the card, like how there's those shared bios on the back of the box, yeah, where like they pair up characters a lot of times. So Spider Man, all new Spider Man 2099, and Spider UK share a box ah. bio where it's like Spider Man from across time and space come together, blah blah blah. Um. So here's my problems with Spider UK. He has less articulation than any of the other Spider-Mans. He doesn't have that shoulder swing. And both of his elbows were problematic on mine. Uh. So they're double-jointed elbows. Okay, so on his left arm, the lower joint that attaches to his forearm bends fine. I've never been able to get the upper joint connected to his bicep to move at all. Ew. Then when I go to like move around his right arm, I try to bend it. Neither joint moves, but it bent. (laughs) And I let it go. And then I look in that little niche of his arm and that rubbery plastic connecting piece has a big friggin' stress mark across it. That's yeah, this sounds like a real bad materials problem. Yeah, so I hot watered that elbow and I was able to kind of pry apart the lower joint and kind of scrape it out and then put it back together. And now both of his elbows bend fine at that point, but don't move at all. In the upper point. So, so that's a bummer. So number one, that sounds incredibly frustrating. Number two, 
and I don't know how to put this any better. The idea that Spider UK, I'm looking at just the, the picture of all the figures. Uh-huh. The idea that that figure is somehow a little bit less poseable than the two other Spider-Men I find bewildering. Yeah. Because they're all, they're all just a man in tights, and I feel like that should be the easiest recipe for standardized superposability. <laughs> well, maybe he's more of like a British brawler kind of a guy and not like the swing around and do crazy gymnastics type of Spider-Man. I guess. I don't know. I don't know what his personality is. Yeah. Maybe he's like, oi! <laughs> and then he just punches Doc UK Ock in the face. <laughs> he just he uses his webs to make a pair of huge boxing gloves and then just pugilizes yeah. stuff. Well, he's like the drunk British thug kind of a guy. It's like, oi! You... I can't say the word on this show. That I would <laughs> He's like the chav. Just scumbag <laughs> Spider-Man. <laughs> I like that that's the default on him, because he's not very poseable, and he's kind of thick. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh. he's just this big, thick, stiff dude. Like, he doesn't do yoga like the other Spider-Mans. Yeah. Um, Must be a soccer hooligan. Right. Moving on to the Shocker. The Shocker. Is okay. He's an okay design. I mean, he's... I've always thought of the Shocker as when Electro's too busy, they bring out the Shocker. Um... Because he's just, he's another Spider-Man villain with electricity. Mm. Um, his little effect pieces um, are have been reused from other stuff, like magical characters. And uh, they're the exact same pieces that came with um, uh, Havoc in the last X-Men wave. Oh. They don't look electrical at all because there's like bubbles. Yeah, and they're round. Yeah, they're round and bubbly. Uh, that's kind of a bummer. Here's my quality control problem with the shocker. All right. So his from his calves down, like there's that that swivel cut. Um, here's the problem. So he has a left and a right thigh. He has a left and a right foot, and then he has two right calves. Hmm. So it's both the right side piece. On both legs. And does that mean, like, did he has yellow on the inside on one of them? No, because they're they're all brown. Like, okay. from his boot down is all brown. Oh, okay. But yeah. the, the sculpting doesn't line up. Yeah. So it's always, like, offset and wonky. And then the outer ankle is, is more of a bulge than the inner ankle. So his foot is pushed to the side so his one foot is always like at an angle there's no way to flatten that foot out that sucks and that's it has it has the foot swivel thing but you can't swivel it out because the bulgy ankle or you can't swivel it in because the bulgy ankle is pushing the foot out and that's just straight up misassembly yeah Eh. and it wasn't a case of they put the left on the right and the right on the left, and then I could like pry pry it apart and fix it. No, I have two rights. That's so it's a left and right thigh, left and right foot, two right calves. <laughs> Listen. Uh. Final figure in the wave, besides the build a figure, is the Green Goblin. Green Goblin's maybe one of the best figures in the wave. All I right. think it's a good sculpt. I didn't have any quality problems with it. 
Um, I have a whole bunch of Green Goblin figures now. That's another one of those cases of like, do I really need another Green Goblin? I really want the Sandman, so I guess I got to get all these other guys too. But it's a good Green Goblin. Um, the the sculpting on like the green parts of his costume have like a really pronounced scale, like sculpted on them, like scaly texture. Mm-hmm. That's like really pronounced and and uh, pretty neat. Like really gets the the sensation that he's wearing like armor without it being like robot armor, Iron Man kind of armor, like scaly armor. Yeah, like like chain mail. Yeah. Or scale mail for that matter. Um so that's good. He's fine. He stands on his little glider. Uh then comes the Sandman. I want I wanted to throw out there because someone was probably screaming about it when when we brought up the shocker so briefly because uh, I, I know one reason why he'd be pretty popular right now and I always for, I always forget the title of the book but if you haven't read it and I've seen I just read like excerpts of it and I really want to read the whole thing uh, it's called the Superior Foes of Spider Man um, it's it, I have been told it is one of the best Spider Man books in the last couple of years and it it like super endeared the shocker and a few other characters to a lot of people. Uh, so it's worth checking out. Right. Anyway. Uh, so the Sandman. Sandman. So I start assembling my Sandman. Yes. Uh, I stick one leg on. Fine. Stick an arm on. Fine. Uh, the other arm, before I go to stick it on, that shoulder is frozen. Oh, so it doesn't yeah. twist. It doesn't twist. And when I try to twist it, I just feel it twisting. Like, I, I, it's that gummy, I'm twisting the plastic, it's not twisting in the joint. Yeah. So, I tried hot watering that, it didn't help. I don't know what else to do. Um, I'm afraid to try to twist it anymore. Um, I, I was thinking, oh, maybe I should go the other way with this and, like, freeze it. So, it, it's more solid. Mm-hmm. And then maybe we'll pop free. But then the other problem I had with it, consulting with a fellow that had the same problem, then made me afraid of getting any of these plastics cold. Because the other problem I had was I couldn't get the right leg on. So I'm pushing and I'm twisting and I'm pushing and my fingers are hurting and I'm pushing as hard as I can. And then I'm coming back 10 minutes later and trying again. I just couldn't get the damn leg on. Then I'm scraping plastic on the peg. I'm scraping plastic on the in, inside the thigh hole. Can't get it to stay on. Can't get it to push all the way up. It's not even a matter of it's not holding. It's just not pushing all the way in. So then I thought, once I'm going to be heating up water anyway to fix these other guys, maybe if I heat up the hole in the thigh, then that will be softer and it'll be easier for the peg to push into where it needs to go. So I do that, and then I stick the leg on, and I I don't twist. I just try to push it straight in, and I'm getting too much resistance it doesn't feel like it's going any farther i could see by looking at it it's not pushed as far enough up as the other leg is so i go to just take it off and the peg comes out with it yeah so i don't feel it break i don't hear it break there's no like tension it's just like it was sliced off 
So that's fantastic. So I'm tweeting like, oh my god, this wave is fake eyes on Twitter, mm-hmm. David. David fake eyes. Yeah, as you know, people call him in his human life. Yes, uh, David, not David fake eyes. No, they or maybe be. they do. Yeah. I don't know him. Hey, I don't know yeah. what his deal is. <laughs> um, he had the leg break in the exact same place, except for his broke when he was trying to push and twist the leg on. Um, and then he mentioned that he thinks it was because he had just brought it in from sitting out on the doorstep where I guess it was freezing cold. So that made me fearful of going the other way with the shoulder and getting the shoulder cold and hoping that it won't, that it will get stiff and not twist until it pop free. So now I'm afraid to get it cold. So I don't know what the hell I'm going to do about that shoulder. Might just have to deal with it being jacked. So I, I don't, I don't know if this helps because uh, I've, I've had a lot of NECA toys with these problems. Um, and also like the first, the first wave of Batman animated toys. <clears throat> In, in lieu of doing anything else, doing the alternating boiling water straight into the freezer thing, like back and forth for a little bit and then just leaving it alone for a little while sometimes can help because like it basically you're, you're shrinking and expanding the plastic. Uh, so if you just do, I found if I did it over and over again, like sometimes it would just break, but sometimes it seemed, <laughs> sometimes it seemed to do what doing just one of those wouldn't do. So it's like, it's an option. I, I I have no idea if it'll help you, but like I, I would say, don't rule it out. Only because, like, what else are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah. Well, fake guys uh, sent me pictures of his solution to the broken leg, where he found a screw where the screw head was just about the same diameter as the peg is supposed to be before it got broken off. Yeah. And then he just screwed that screw up into the leg, and then was able to stick the leg on through the screw. Or buy the screw. So I got to go through my little toolbox and see if I have any screws that would work. Yeah. Uh, But I was really bummed out because one of the two Sandman heads is him screaming with like what looks like a big sand punch in his his face. It's kind of weird looking. But I really wanted to put them on top of my computer, on top of my desk um, with my Rhino absorbing man and juggernaut who are all screaming and continue to my collection of screaming build a figure bad guys yeah juggernaut's uh, not really screaming as much as like he's got his teeth clenched really yeah, hard but he could be like, going oh! <laughs> yeah well, i hope you I know, can figure and, out some solution like i'm yeah. sure if this is widespread enough to happen to multiple people they're like <clears throat> at worst case like you could ask you could ask david fake eyes like okay what size screw did you use <laughs> yeah, I don't know, screw size I don't know. also I, I i mean i don't know if you have i would I'd, if you got it online i'd email the retailer and just see if you can get them to send you any any replacement bits yeah worst thing they'll do is say we can't or actually the worst thing they'll do is say all right ship us back the original then it's like well that's more yeah, work than it's like never mind <laughs> yeah. i'm not gonna do that i'm never gonna get that done I know me. I know I'm not capable of getting things back into a box and then to the post office. It's never going to happen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I'll try to figure something out. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I should look to see, like, where these were manufactured. 
because I know Hasbro's moving some of their uh, manufacturing around. Yeah. And maybe China was the place to stay <laughs> if if this was one of their alternate factories somewhere. Because don't they? I I heard they moved some stuff to Vietnam, but then, then, then I think they I also heard recently to, to India or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. What I've heard is the Vietnam stuff was on par with China, if not sometimes better. But it you know depended on the line. Um, well, you skyped a little bit. Who was on par with China? Uh, Vietnam. Uh huh. So I've heard the Vietnam stuff was like. You know, sometimes a bit worse, but then sometimes a bit better. It's so like Vietnam was generally a positive thing. I heard the India production stuff has not been as good, but this is all like third hand completely. Um, I can't remember the word anymore, but it's it, you take it with a grain of salt. What I'm saying, because um, also it's toy collectors talking on the Internet and like sometimes hyperbole enters the conversation and no one really realizes it has. But uh, yeah, you should see, you know, where they where they were made then at least you can have something to corroborate if more weird stuff happens with Marvel Legends down the road. Yeah. I hope that doesn't happen to Darkhawk. That's like the one Marvel Legends I really want this year. Yeah, I think that's the next wave is technically a Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 wave, even though there's only three Guardian figures. Yeah, and I, I kind of only... I only want a couple figures out of that wave, and I don't want the Build-A-Figure. Yeah, I, I only want the movie characters. I just want Darkhawk, really. That uh, that movie Drax kind of bump, like he looks all right, but that mo- that new movie Drax, it looks like he only has a screaming face. That's all right. I'll put him with my other screaming guys. Yeah, put him with your your big screaming men display. <laughs> yeah. But I I don't know. Like I also I don't know. I want I want just like my favorite version of movie Drax is when he's just like stoic, stone face, staring at people. Oh, like, not when he's laughing hysterically, like in the latest trailer. That's my second favorite. <laughs> that's where, that's the alternate head I want. But I want him just staring at people, not understanding what's, what the joke is. Like, that's my favorite expression on his face. Yeah, I. they've made a shift with movie waves. Like, because for Guardians 1, the Build-A-Figure and all the figures is set for 2. Because there was a, a Nova... And an Iron Man. Of course. Or a movie. Yeah. They were and, movie characters. And it was basically the Guardians lineup. Right. I, and, I, I dare say it was the last great wave as far as, like, cohesion. <laughs> yeah, because here with this Guardian movie, there's seven figures in the wave, eight if you count the Build-A-Figure, only three of them are from the movie. Then the Doctor Strange wave... I'm only saying two and a half figures were from the movie because one of the figures was Astral Projection Doctor Strange. It was the exact same mold in clear plastic with less accessories. Legit the worst Marvel Legends release I think I've seen in a long time, having seen it in person a few times. Well, and I really liked the the two movie figures in that wave. Mm -hmm. Like, I was expecting not to be into them because they seem more playing than the comic book versions, but I ended up hating the comic book Doctor Strange figure and loving the the movie Doctor Strange yeah. figure. That that Guardians Wave 2 looks like it assumes you bought the Guardians Wave 1 from a couple years ago. And really wanted two of the characters again. I mean I, that that wave had Drax and it had Star Lord before. Did, didn't that wave have like long coat Star Lord? 
Or am I misremembering? Yeah, I mean, it was a different. I mean, these are new molds. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, like, character variance wise, like, here's the other Star Lord jacket, and here's Yondu, and then yeah, the Drax. I actually have no idea why they would be doing another Drax, but well, if it ends up being a better figure, because I remember being underwhelmed with that Jax figure, nah. Drax figure. But yeah, I mean, there's got to be other characters from the movie they could have done. Nope. Where's Where's my baby Groot? Where Where? Well, baby Groot is in yeah, that that in retail exclusive thing. Yeah, Toys R Us. Where, where's friggin' Nebula? Yeah. Where's uh the Mantis? Actually, and this is not just Marvel Legends. Where's friggin' Nebula? <laughs> like, yeah. was there like one toy of her in like that weird two inch scale or like? Am I not remembering other Nebula toys that came out? I I don't know if there was a a four inch or not. I don't pay that much attention to the four inches. I just rem- I remember that movie Nebula, even in like friggin' did they do a Hot Toys movie Nebula? I don't even remember. I don't know. I'm gonna look that up because I feel like I remember feeling like Nebula just got like forgotten for the most part in the merch. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm I'm still like if we go back to Doctor Strange, I'm still pissed off that there's no ancient one. Oh yeah, like, yeah. come on. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, there's no. I can't find any. All the Nebula toys I'm seeing on on my Google search are customs. So I think Nebula mostly got passed over, toy wise. And yeah, the ancient one. I mean, I'd want a Wong too, but it's like okay, I get it. Okay, you don't do Wong. Fine, whatever. How do you not do the ancient one? Yeah. Yeah. This is why I still keep uh, an arm's length between me and six inch Marvel because like they're not bad toys. It's just like I would get annoyed. Well, I find the all comic book waves less frustrating. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. they're all comic book characters. Because <laughs> you know, with the movie waves, they have that one chance, and then you're waiting another two years or three years until the sequel to that movie comes out, and then even then, you, you just know? get more of the same. But, <laughs> yeah. But what's crazy is those movies make so much money. Like, are they afraid to do movie toys? Like, I wonder if the... I mean, I have two things. A, I wonder if the toys make as much merch dollars as a bunch of other stuff, and they probably do. But B, I also wonder if just, like, everything about Marvel's internal processes right now sound like a complete mess. And I wonder if stuff like merch is just one of many things that suffer from how much of a mess it is internally at Marvel. I don't know. Or are they just afraid of some vocal core of fans that cries every time they do movie characters and not comic book characters? No, I want the comic book version. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't envy, I, I don't envy the Marvel toy team, and and apparently they have a lot of really good like self humor at their panels at like New York comic con about stuff like that. So like, I, I really respect those folks for, for, you know, putting up with what's gotta be a really uh, unpleasant kind of fan feedback where basically every, every wave they do is wrong <laughs> in some way. Uh, well, my complaint is the valid one. So they should listen to me. That's right. Uh, all right, Seth, I got an an off-topic thing, and I I was trying to figure out... I can't find good pictures of it, so I'll describe it to you, and then I'll send you a video. All right. So these are some transforming robots from South Korea. 
this is from Hello Carbot, which is one of the flagship lines done by Sonokong, who people might know as uh, the folks who did the official license releases of Takara Tomi, well, Takara toy lines in Korea uh, back in the day, like, you know, Japanese Beast Wars, Car Robots, also all the Brave series. So Hello Carbot's been going on for a couple years, and they put out these toys... Out of nowhere, these figures suddenly feel like someone who loved Brave, like, became an Aaron Archer figure inside Sonicong and, like, moved into a position of toy design and went like, all right, I am now going to turn Hello Carbot into my Brave homage line. Because Brave was like all those crazy super robots that Takara did after Transformers. So this is, there's this is a lar- two large robots, a fire truck and a school bus, and two smaller robots, an ambulance and a police van. Uh, the play pattern is that each each set is a large robot and a small robot, and the small robots can turn into, like, a chest plate for the big robot to, like, combine with them. Or they all four can combine together. And I will send you a clip of that. Uh, while you're watching, I'll drop the names. Uh, the toys are called uh, Patron S, which is the set of Patron and Leaf, and uh, Dire X, which is the set of Dire and uh, Skid. And uh, they, they are... Pretty darn chunky, cool toys. Um, the cartoon is also CG animated, so it's uh, it's it's a cartoon made in 2016. Um, and yeah, the the toys are are they're in huge packages because it's Sonic Kong, it's Korean toys. Packages are huge, uh, but but these are some of the best Korean toys I've messed with in a good long time. Uh, and I'll go into more. Seth, are are you seeing them become a big thing? Well, I'm watching this video that you sent, and I'm seeing a lot of CGI, but I'm not seeing any toys. Uh, yeah, the photos of the toys are still too hard to find. Oh, all right. But that's that's just showing what they all do, because basically the two big robots with their chest plate partners attached can then turn into a giant robot yeah, called Super Patron. The or they just finished doing that. Yeah, so that's uh, the Super Patron experience is what I got in the mail. Uh, and, uh, they're, they're darn fine. Cause in, in, a lot of the Korean combining robot toys right now, when they combine, they are separate toys released that don't have individual robot modes. There's just a bunch of vehicles that combine into a big robot. And then if you want the toy of like that vehicle turning into a robot, that's a separate toy, usually on a slightly different scale. Uh, this set, it's all self-contained. So all four vehicles have robot modes and then they can all combine. And that's not very common, uh, for the major Korean lines right now. It's also an extremely brave style thing, which between this and uh, there's also a, uh, a police uh, robot combiner made out of four vehicles called K-Cops, who looks a hell of a lot like Jay Decker. Um, I think there's someone working at Sonic Kong right now in a, in a position of design who is a huge Brave fan because uh, this stuff feels like Brave. Is it a Brave thing to fill a giant bubble with water and send a spider flying off the horizon? No, that's a weird Carbot thing. They a lot so Hello Carbot. They often end up just fighting giant animals. And I, I, like there's no villain robots for the most part. Or the villain robots are, are like half a robot attached to a car or something weird. Um, all I've been able to ascertain is that magic stick, that big wand, belongs to the school bus patron, who's kind of like the chief, the, the major character of the four. Um, he has a magic wand and he uses it to shoot bubbles. Uh... The water comes from Dyer's ladder because Dyer is a fire truck, so he, he uses water to put out fires. It's, it's a pretty darn cool set of toys. Um, 
the the posability is also pretty all right on the individual robots which is you know the korean robot toys are not made to compete with transformers so much as they are made to compete with power rangers so often posability is more like a happenstance or it's like they are very posable for power ranger style toys um the individual robot modes are all decently posable and the combined mode is okay uh the hips and knees work the shoulders kind of work but the elbows are they curl inwards and there's no bicep swivels on the combined mode so you're kind of stuck there but uh it, it's pretty pretty darn decent um I, I was i was really pleasantly surprised with it like and i went in doing as much research as I possibly could, which means combing through Jap or um, not Japanese Korean toy YouTube, which, which can be a, a, a real task. Uh, Cause no one does articulation demonstrations. So you have to kind of go through tons of videos, hoping you catch them accidentally moving an elbow or something to prove to yourself. There is an elbow, but uh, if you like big combining robots, like look up patron S and dire EX on eBay and then try to not pay a ton for them, but you still are going to have to pay triple digits for each, I believe. Um, they're they're super darn cool. And uh, hopefully I'll have more photos and stuff going up for those uh, in the coming weeks. Uh, I know Bolt Matrix also got these figures because I was tweeting about them a bunch. So he'll probably have a video up uh, before I do. Um, so keep an eye on that if you really want to know more about them and not have to dig through Korean toy YouTube. Uh that is uh, my off-topic, what I got so far. Um, Seth, you've got another wave of things, you said. Yes. I got the most recent wave of Star Wars 6-inch block figures. Hey, yo! Uh, what was kind of interesting was I was opening this wave while watching Carrie Fisher's uh, one-woman stage show, uh, Wishful Drinking. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of a little... So have a little Carrie Fisher night because included in this wave is an episode four white gown hair bun Princess Leia. I'm so glad they finally got around to doing this. It was kind of a bummer that the only Princess Leia figure in six inch was Slave Leia. Yeah. When there's so many cool Leia outfits, I was like, why aren't they doing the white gown or Hoth or battle vendor or anything <laughs> anything like, remotely why respectable only this? <laughs> yeah why only the f- the fanboy nerd bait one um now just going back to, to wishful drinking uh, for a second so at one point in that show she's talking about all the princess leia toys and how it's her face from that time period forever and she doesn't have any control over princess leia merchandise things just come out whether she likes it or not and she's talking about all these different toys that have come out statues that have come out and then she goes which led me to wonder when are they going to do a life-size sex doll and she goes and then they did and this statue starts coming down from the ceiling (laughs) this statue which is this un- unposable statue, the the animated maquette Princess Leia that they Oh, I remember did. this? Yeah, from a few years back. They did a life-size statue version. It's completely unposable, fully dressed. You, I guess you could grind up on it if you really needed to, but yeah, it's yeah. not a sex doll. And that was the only thing about that, that's, that uh, performance or 
stage thing that bugged me because I was like, you are not being honest here, Carrie Fisher. You are misrepresenting what this is. And then I went, ah, it's for comedic effect, I guess. Whatever. It's pretty comedic to think about someone having sex with a giant statue. Yeah, she's like, you can put your penis in it. I'm like, no, you can't. I mean, yo. <laughs> Not without a drill first. <laughs> when when someone says you can put your penis in it, and then someone says, no, you can't, that means someone out there has, and then we're going to end up finding out about it. It's not going to, I mean, it might be funny, but it's, it's also going to be weird. Yeah, it's going to be a bad time. Anyway. It's going to be a great time. So... I didn't have any of the problems with this wave that I had with the that <laughs> Spider-Man wave. Yay! This must have been made in a different country than wherever those other things were made. I don't know. Made with all that Star Wars money. Yeah, this is a good Star Wars wave. Six new figures, no dupies. Uh, and they're all good. So that Princess Leia is really nice. The gown is all soft goods. Um, you know, she comes with her little thin pistol. She comes with a stormtrooper blaster. That's good. Uh, you have an Adat driver, um, which is a cool, uh, um, alternate stormtrooper kind of vibe. You have Snowtrooper. He can hold his rifle, his big long rifle, with two hands in a convincing fashion. Yay! Which is one of the things that. I really need a highly articulated figure to be able to do if you give him a weapon that's supposed to be held with two hands. It better be able to hold it with two hands. I'm looking at you, the Punisher. Oh, yeah. that Yeah. I remember that conversation. <laughs> right. Uh, you get your uh, old Ben Kenobi, your Obi-Wan Kenobi. How's he looking? Um, he's pretty good. So he has the soft goods um, dark brown robe over sculpted... Uh, tan robes uh, which make his arms really thick mm-hmm. uh, but they're still posable um, he, he just in your hand he feels thick and chunky because he is thick uh, but I think I don't know what other people feel I think the face sculpt is one of the better um, Star Wars face sculpts I think it looks a lot like Alec Guinness that's good to hear, because I, I always worry about that with Star Wars Black Series face sculpts. Like, I, I also worry about that with, with the Princess Leia face sculpt, like, because I haven't seen either of them in person. Yeah. So I was like, oh, man, <laughs> I hope this goes the, well. The Leia one's fine. I mean, you don't look at it and go, oh, my God, I think I'm looking at a tiny Carrie Fisher. But th- there's nothing bad about it. Yeah. But uh, I I think the face sculpt on Obi-Wan is pretty good. Excellent. So that's a good one. Um, then, then, uh, the, uh, this lady from Rebels, Sabine. Yeah, Sabine Wren. Sabine I, I have Wren. that figure. Okay. So, I don't watch Rebels. I've skipped past all the other Rebels figures that they've done. Mm-hmm. I worry that eventually I'll get around to watching Rebels and then regret not getting that Ahsoka and other dude. You should probably watch. You should probably watch Rebels. Well, I gotta watch the rest of Clone Wars. No, first. you don't. I didn't yeah, watch I Clone do. Wars. I got I, it. I just skipped it. I started it. Well, oh just... man, you should have seen the the last episode I watched of Clone Wars. R two D two and C three PO 
are basically going from planet to planet, destroying whole societies. All right. All right. Like, you're selling me on this, but... Right. So the first planet they land on, these tiny little aliens, like these little tribal aliens come out of the bushes, and they're tiny. Like, they don't even come up to see 3 pos knees. But they have these zappy sticks, which completely disable the droids. Then their leader shows up, and he's like, the, this like big bulbous, bulbous guy, big fat guy alien, but I mean, but he's on scale with the other aliens. He's just a big fat guy compared to them, and he's like, eh, "What are you doing on that planet, strangers?" And C three PO like hits R two D two in the back for some reason, which tips R two over, who lands on the leader of these aliens. Uh, there's a squirt of green goo that shoots up. <laughs> And then when C-3PO gets R2-D2 back up on his feet, there's just green goo on R2-D2 for the rest of the episode. <laughs> so they they just, they just kill the leader, right, of this this society. And they have like a Dorothy killed the witch kind of moment where they're happy about it. And then they want C-3PO to stay and be their new leader. But he says, no, you got to select from your own. So who are like the, the smartest and the most compassionate and thoughtful of your people? And they push three, three up to the front. And then C-3PO holds a little election. Who thinks this should be your leader? And some of them cheer. Who thinks this? And some of them cheer. Who thinks this? Some of them cheer. And he goes, okay, great. You're a democracy. Congratulations. We're out of here. <laughs> they get back in their ship, fly away, leaving these aliens to now be murdering each other over the decision of who the leader is. <laughs> So C-3PO says, congrats, you're a democracy, fly away, and they go to war. <laughs> Excellent. Then they land on another planet where, again, it's like a Wizard of Oz kind of thing where now they're like bigger aliens, but they're kind of tribal and not too advanced. And they're being led by a hologram projection. projection. So it's like a Wizard of Oz thing. R2 goes behind the curtain, air quote curtain, the metaphorical curtain, finds the little droids that are running this hologram, and they're like, we've enslaved these organics. They do whatever we say. Go find your own organics to boss around. So R2 exposes them, and now this tribe is murdering the little droids that were running the hologram, <laughs> and R2-D2 and C-3PO just take off. These are pretty good adventures. Right. And then there was a third part to the story, but they don't destroy his culture in the process. But I'm like watching this episode. I'm like, this is crazy. They're just going around destroying societies. Of course, there are two in C-3PO, the secret <laughs> yeah. villains of Star Wars. Yeah, they're like worse than Sith Lords. They just show up. And in less than five minutes have caused a war to happen. And then they just take off thinking they did the good job. Well, if, if you are going to watch all the Clone Wars, you probably shouldn't just jump to Rebels because Rebels is full of Clone Wars spoilers. But man, Rebels is good. Has my favorite Star Wars character, Chopper, the like better version of R2-D2. Whoa. Who is like just he's like an R2-D2, but he has like two little vestigial arms that can come out of his head. And all he makes are like what sound like droid swearing noises. And he demonstrably does not really like anybody and kind of is an irredeemably garbage person. <laughs> but he's great. He's got like a rocket booster under his butt. And so like this is one part 
where there's like a, there's an there's an evil black R two unit for like an imperial R two unit. Chopper just like rocket headbutts him and then spends longer than necessary, like almost un- uncomfortably thrashing the crap out of this evil R two D two, and not not with like you know the way R2-D2 does it, like, in the, in the prequel movies where he's all cool and clever, and he's like, oh, I'm R2-D2, I'm, I'm gonna outsmart you all. Like, this evil R2 pulls the equivalent of, like, a droid shiv on him. Where it's like, <laughs> he, like, he pops out a little arm with a little, a little like, you know, welding scalpel on it, and this R2 goes like, Rah! and Chopper just, just, like, takes to that, like, if you pulled, like, a, a fork on someone in, in, like, a prison backyard, and just goes like, oh, you didn't, and just halfway's off screen, thrashes the crap out of this R2 unit. It's pretty pretty good. There's an episode where Chopper gets his C-3PO, and it's fantastic because his <laughs> C-3PO is formerly a military like st- like uh, statistics tactical droid who the Empire demoted to being in charge of the stock room of a cargo ship. Mm-hmm. And the voice actor for the droid basically said, "I I pretty much was just trying to do an Alan Rickman voice." Oh, so that's it's, a good voice. It's depressed very smart Alan Rickman droid C-3PO who's much smarter than the job he has and he makes friends with Chopper because they both kind of hate organics and so they take over the cargo ship together (laughs) and then like Alan Rickman droid he's just always going like you know the odds of success for something blah blah when he's with the rebels he's like the odds of your success are pretty low but if you do what I tell you to do it's going to be higher and they do what he tells them to do and then halfway through they're like yo this isn't going super well and he's like oh yeah well I forgot to mention the part where if you if you do you know some very basic understandable thing you might do then your chances of success plummet again but I was pretty sure you wouldn't do it oh you did it okay well if you'd listen to me then this would have all gone great um it's it's I like I was I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but I just think of him as Chopper and Alan Rickman, and they're like my HK favorite Star Wars. Forty seven. No, he's not HK. <laughs> HK is like he's like the guest star. Like I want to have the TV show the Chopper and Robot Alan Rickman, and then occasionally the guest star is HK who shows up, and he's like the crazy cousin who shakes everything up. No, the whack. I was gonna say wacky neighbor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like they live next to HK forty seven, and he's usually not in town, but then. You know, every now and then his ship lands in his garage, and it's like, oh no! Yeah, <laughs> he walks in, the crowd cheers, then he says "meat bag," and everyone cheers again, and then he leaves. <laughs> That's right, and then like t-shirt sales just skyrocket. Um, we were talking I, about. Are <laughs> good. Well, I heard a an interesting fan theory about the Star Wars movies, and that all the movies are being told by R two D two. And that's why R2-D2 is always in the middle of everything important that happens and why he's the one that shuts down the trash compactors at the last second or unlocks the door at the last second. Or like in the prequels, there was the scene where the ship's under attack and they deploy like a whole bunch of astromech droids and he's the only one to survive and fix the ship so they get away. And why C-3PO is a bungling idiot because... He doesn't like C-3PO, so as he's telling the story, he's making C-3PO seem stupid. (laughs) And in situations where R2 wasn't there, like when Yoda goes to Kashyyyk, it's like, well, I know Yoda, and he went to where Chewbacca's from, so he probably hung out with Chewbacca while he was there. (laughs) And that's why Chewbacca was there. That kind of makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, anyway, you got, so you got Sabine. Yes. She's a good figure. Yeah. Uh, I like her guns. Uh, 
she's got good posability. Uh, I wish there was somewhere for, I guess that's her little spray paint thing. Like I know yep. she likes, she does graffiti cause she's edgy, like a skater chick. Uh, so uh, I wish there was somewhere to put that. That's my one big problem with the figure is like yeah. after because I I mostly only have been getting the rebels figures lately and they all like Kanan he has his lightsaber that not only in, like man they got to put instruction sheets with some of these toys because I don't notice these things right away like that all the lightsaber blades can come off and then Kanan's lightsaber he usually would keep in two components so that people wouldn't immediately know it's a lightsaber. And so his lightsaber, you can actually pull in half, and then there's two spots on his belt for the two components to store. And I'm like, holy crap, that's super cool. So when I finally get Sabine, I'm like, what are you telling me that now there's no, like, there's not like a little just a, a hook or something <laughs> I can stick this on? Yeah, I guess if you have her holding her guns, you could jam it into one of the holsters. But That's what I'd do. Yeah. Um, how, how are the eyes on your Sabine? Um... Again, it's downstairs, so I can't really look. I didn't notice anything wrong. Okay, yeah, she's she's been, she's like on on the edge where like a lot of her figures like her eyes look fine unless you look her like straight on in the face, and uh, then they they kind of start to look a bit funny. I'll check it out when I go back down the stairs. Also, her appearance has changed wildly from season to season, so. I've, I felt kind of bad for uh, the Black Series because they, they already aren't able to do a Rebels figure in every wave. And so uh-huh. when they when they finally do Sabine, I'm like, well, there's season one, Sabine. People are going to be banging on your door until you do season two, Sabine, and season three, Sabine. Because season two, one to two, her, her armor changes but very subtly, but season three, her whole color scheme is different. Hmm. Oh, well, that's what happens. Yeah. There's a lot of lead time in these things. Um. Then the last figure of the wave, Darth Revan. That's the other one I got too. Darth Revan is a very important character. Yes, whether you like it or not. Um. Yeah. So, of course, you're just going to be excited about Darth Revan. It's a great figure. It's awesome. Darth Revan's awesome because with two lightsabers, a red one and a purple one. Um. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> and then. Like, so as I'm unpacking them, I'm like passing them over to my girlfriend so she could check them out. She's like, oh, this is such a better Princess Leia. Oh, the snow trooper, snow trooper is cool. The Adat Jarvis is cool. Oh, this is really good. Uh, Obi-Wan, Pastor Sabine. Uh, oh, she seems cool. I don't know. Where, what, is she from the cartoon? Like, yeah, she's from the cartoon. Oh, she seems cool. And then I opened Darth Revan last, of course. And I pass Revan over, and she's like, oh, this guy looks cool. Like, what's he from? I'm like, the original Knights of the Old Republic. And she's like, he looks cool. I'm like, yeah, he is cool. Or she's cool. Depends on who you ask. Yeah. Oh, man, I went to read the Wikipedia page for Darth Revan. That's a That's a sprawling tapestry of, this is canon for sure. This is maybe slightly canon. Depending on your choice as a player, this is a canon or not. Yeah. Uh, canon is just what I saw in the game. Yeah. That's my canon. Because it's technically Legends, right? Well, okay. Parts of it are, but then, like, there is an established Revan canon that leads up to Revan's appearances in, like, um, the, the MMO that's going on right now. Uh, yeah, but is that Legends canon or movie canon? So everything or like that, official canon. 
Official, there's two categories. It's official canon. Uh, there, there is an official canon version of Darth Revan that leads up to Swotor, which I believe is also official canon. Um, but the, here's the one bummer: official canon for Darth Revan is Darth Revan's a dude. So they they remove ambiguity in the official canon, and I'm kind of like, ah, I don't think that was necessary. Well, yeah, of course they're going to do that, but. In my experience, dude was a lady. <laughs> That's right. Click. So that is all Star Wars guys. All right. Well, I uh, and I believe that's all. Got... We mentioned the the little K two. So yeah, I got one more thing to talk about. It's another Korean robot. All right. I actually found you a picture this time, though. Okay. I got this because I found a seller who put this up for bidding, like a bidding auction, and no one was bidding on it, and I got it for, like, half the price it usually goes for. I was vaguely curious about this. This is uh, from Tobot, which is my first exposure to Korean original transforming robots. This is the the current Tobot line called Tobot Athlon, which is supposed to be more like sports based. So they have like three race cars and then this weird other team of a police car, a fire truck and a and an excavator. Um, so this is the the big final figure in the line, Tobot Magma 6, who's the combiner of all six vehicle modes. So this is one of those things where you get six vehicles that turn into one robot, but if you want the versions of these vehicles that turn into robots themselves, those are separate, slightly larger toys. Um, so Magma 6, I kind of like because he's basically a giant, angry American football player who seems to constantly be on fire in the clips I saw. And most of his dialogue is him just going and being angry. Um, I, and I like I like the nature of the combination because it's kind of unique. Um, the bulldozer is only really a backpack and the shoulders for the most part, but everything else takes up a major chunk. Uh, I got another shot here I found, which is, uh, where all the vehicles go in the combined mode. But, uh, the other thing I, I kind of liked about him is, uh, from the videos I saw, it looked like the amount of articulation he had could be on par or maybe even better than Tobot Deltatron, which is still what I consider to be the greatest Tobot release in the whole line as far as combiners. It's three cars that come together into one robot, and it's pretty decently posable. They all transform all right. Like, it's, it's a good package of toy. Uh, this guy, Magma 6, is not as good as Deltatron, unfortunately. He's almost as good, but, like, there's some, like just depressing design oversights that I know Tobot has done better in past, mostly having to do with joint like joint clearances. Uh, his shoulders and knees should be able to do more, except stuff is directly in the way, uh, in a way that on Deltatron, it was much more smartly engineered to be out of the way. Uh, so that's a bummer. On the bright side, this guy has a neck swivel and a waist swivel, which Deltatron does not. Uh, and the combination is still really cool. And uh, the, the vehicle modes look really nice. Like, the lines on those car modes are really uh, just pleasant to see in person. Um, but he is not uh, the Tobot toy to get. Like, if you've never got any of these Korean combining robot things, look up Tobot Deltatron. Uh, he's a lot cheaper now than he was when he first came out on eBay. And he he's that's a set that's super worth your time. That's one of the best uh, copolymer-style uh, Korean combining things I've, I've messed with to date. Also, I found a picture of this Tobot Magma 6 standing next to the fully combined Super Patron that I talked about before. So here you go, Seth. This is what 
the actual toys look like uh, when they're next to each other. Uh, Super Patron is, uh, a, I think, about a foot tall, if not a little bit more than a foot tall up to his head. Uh, so the Tobot Magma 6 is more like about 12 inches, 11, 12 inches. But that's what those two toys look like. So I yeah, had that. I was about to ask if it was to his head or the tops of his giant shoulders. The tops of his giant shoulders make him like way bigger. Uh, th- and those things actually, if you see at the top of those, it looks like they have like twin cannons. Uh, you can rotate those down. I don't think he's done that in the show, but uh, that's what those are there for. Do they cover what looks like just a couple hands reaching to the sky? So those hands can actually fold away. Uh, this, this is a lot of, so a lot of the Korean, uh, toy YouTubes, uh, videos that I've seen, a lot of those channels are just people transforming the toys in front of a white background over and over again. And a lot of those channels, some of them are pretty good. A majority of them are people who obviously don't really know how toys work or look at the instructions. And so they just sort of tear the package open, pull the toy out, and then really almost distressingly manhandle them into a halfly correct transformed state and then kind of give up and then the video's over and then those videos have like tens of thousands of views and I'm, I don't understand it but uh, yeah that's a mistransformation those hands actually fold away up there uh anyway I had I had I had some big Korean boxes uh with mostly pretty good toys um that also does it for my what I got this week and Seth I believe that does it for your what you got this week Yes. All right. Well, uh, that's uh, episode 441 of WTF Uh Stay tuned for more. As always, uh, 2017 has begun. Next month is New York Toy Fair when all that news will start coming down the pipe. Uh, so we're going to have some long podcasts in about 30 days, give or oh, take. Oh, no. Yeah. Get ready for it. Uh, but I, I'm getting I'm getting better at, at, at dividing up all that info. Like, I I won't try to force Seth to talk about rid toys he's not interested in, unless y'all want me to. Like, leave some comments in the thread. Seth, you can also leave a comment in the thread if you want to, if you remember to. Ah, uh, this is part of the trick because I'll say it now, and then by the time the episode goes up, you're not going to remember, and then I'll be like, "Well, Seth, I did give you the opportunity uh, to have some input." On whether or not we talk about these rescue bots. So what do you think of all these rescue bots, Seth? The garbage. <laughs> they belong in the garbage. Put them in the garbage. The trash. Um, and yeah, uh, as far as other stuff on the site, uh, TFW put up its staff picks for official Transformers and for unofficial Transformers. Did not participate. I, I wasn't going to until I got Legends Gnaw. And then I, I really felt like participating. You weren't going to until you figure out a way you could ape that Ant-Man video I showed you a few weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also just, I'm a fan of Werner Herzog's documentary work, and everything about the Sharktacon made me think of, for some reason, I think it's also because I had just rewatched Grizzly Man, like, Werner Herzog was on my mind, and, uh, yeah, that happened. I was pleased with that. Uh, anyway, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back with another episode in your near future. And if you want to see what I'm talking about when I said Ant-Man, uh, just search YouTube for Werner Hartzog Ant-Man. Someone did a little fake trailer. It's pretty darn style Ant-Man. It's pretty darn good. 
he can lift 10 times. Like you did, you did the voice way better. It's like he can lift 10 times his own mass, but this only serves to increase his burden. <laughs> <laughs> The thing that, that the thing I use to warm up that voice is there's a clip of Werner Herzog talking about his fear of chickens. Great. Because and his fear of chickens is based on the notion that if you look a chicken in the eye, you're faced with deafening stupidity. <laughs> and then he talks about how easy it is to hypnotize chickens. And I'm like, man, Werner Herzog's beautiful. It's just a wonderful human being, that Werner Herzog. I came across his first appearance on David Letterman from the early 80s. Interesting. I need to check that out. Also, if you want to see a pretty good but kind of depressing documentary, check out Grizzly Man. It uh, has a poor... It has a, it has a bad ending. Not a bad, badly made ending. Just it, the bad ending. If you start that thing and you think, there's a way this ends badly, that's how that story ends. Yeah. It's the bad way. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, talk to you later. But you got some badass perpetrators and they're here to stay.